0: Hey, before we get started, I need to address the elephant in the room. Uh, a lot is changing in our world right now. There's a lot of hardship coming down and a lot of folks are uh, a little nervous about their finances. If I can help at all, I would love to send me an email. Conrad at save with or get yourself a quick quote right now at save with Conrad.com. Uh, we have a live chat option where you can even talk to a live person or just get yourself a quick quote for free. And I hate to be so blunt, but I do just need to put it plainly to you. If you're concerned that your financial future is maybe in jeopardy you're not sure what your long-term employment options look like with this extended quarantine it's going to be very very difficult for you to borrow money once you've lost your job you know one of the things that every banker is going to look at is your ability to repay with no income coming in what does that look like you can head this off at the past though with some proper planning let's go ahead and get you refinance into a lower monthly payment it's going to let you skip your next two months house payment so maybe we'll be out of quarantine before you have to make another payment but at the same time if i can help you pay off some of your credit card debt don't close those accounts when we pay them off now you never know when you might need access to that cash of course you're only paying interest on it once you have to use it but the bad news is if you get yourself maxed out and you've lost your job it's unlikely that the credit card company is going to up your limit let's get in front of this right now while we still can And all of a sudden interest rates are about as good as they've been in a long, long time on your mortgage. So there's never been a better time to get a lower monthly payment, to reduce your overall debt load. And it might not be a bad idea to pull out three to six months worth of your monthly bills and just keep that in cash on hand at all times. I do think that everybody should have whatever your monthly bills are. Let's stick six months of that in an account somewhere just in case something crazy happens and who could have ever predicted this. But because this is an unpredictable time, I want to remind you, we're offering a seven year guarantee where it gives you the peace of mind of knowing you're saving the most money possible right now, but you wouldn't have to pay a whole nother set of closing costs in the future for seven years. What we'll do is we'll guarantee to you in writing that if your needs change for whatever reason in the next seven years, we'll refinance you without charging a new set of lender fees. That's our seven year guarantee. And listen, if I can help right now, I really want to. We're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit to do this. You don't need money out of your pocket to do this. But if you're thinking you might need to lower your monthly payments, if you're thinking it might be cool to skip a couple of house payments, knock out some credit card debt, pull some cash out. If that's going to give you some peace of mind, let's get through it together. Let me help. Let me run the numbers. It's no cost, no obligation. And if I can't save you money, I won't waste your time. Send me an email. Conrad at save with Conrad.com. Get a quick quote at save with conrad.com. Even talk to a live person in a number six, five, zero eight, four equal housing lender at save with Ladies
1: and gentlemen, welcome to the main event.
2: Welcome to WHW Monday, Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett, for Arcade,
3: 605 NWA TV title, Cajun up The Bunkhouse Stampede Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express, Team, Turner, Bond, and Mid-South, Joint World
4: Championship Wrestling Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling The NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions Tony and Friends thought they win
3: look, Shivani's back again World title split off, center stage, Bischoff Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and The Crow Thunder Russo, Arcade Champ, Vinnie Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your classy podcast. Watch long time not too laugh. Lois rules cat back. This wasn't the initial plan. Tom like a good-looking man. Quant like Bill, make a tip. Tommy, you come over here.
5: What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring. And here's your co-host. Hey, hey,
4: it's Conrad Thompson.
0: Hey, hey! It's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you, Conrad? What's
4: up, man? Hey, uh, hey, uh, uh, hey, hey, How you doing,
0: man? I'm doing great. Uh, first of all, we need to start by saying congratulations. You hit a home run last week. Uh, Dynamite has been impacted just as has the rest of the world thanks to the coronavirus, and you found yourself in a unique position. No, JR, no Excalibur and insert Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes. That's, uh, different. It left yeah, that,
4: c- carry- that was, uh, that was kind of odd. Well, hell, it was very odd and it was very disconcerting at first. Uh, cause I, I didn't know if I was ready or not, you know?
0: Well, you were, uh, you hit a home run buddy. Well, thank
4: you for saying that. I, uh, I, I wasn't. What had concerned me more than anything else was the, the, my voice, because I really hadn't done that in quite a while. And, you know, you, you take, you take a, uh, you take a wrestling show and you can't call it like you call a baseball game. Right. And I just didn't know if I had two hours in me or not. Plus I had to do dark matches. And another thing was I, Tony talking to me, Tony Khan talking to me, he said, listen, no crowd. So I really need you to talk a lot. And I really need you to fill in the gaps and I need you to, uh, keep the intensity up. And I'm thinking, Whoa, shit, man. Uh, the pressure's really on, but I, th- I think I pulled through and I, and I think, uh, really my voice held up at the first, it was kind of rough, but I think as, as I went along, it, it kind of warmed up and I was, i I was very excited about that. I, uh, was very excited that, uh, I was able to, uh, to keep it up and thanks to my uh, voice coach. Brian Getty out of the Emory uh, voice center for helping me out. Did a little FaceTime earlier in the week and, uh, did my exercises. And uh, when you get this age, you gotta, you gotta kind of change things around. I don't think that, there's no way that I could still do a three hour pay-per-view, a three hour nitro and a two hour thunder on back to back to back days. I couldn't do that anymore, but two hour, uh, dynamite was pretty cool. And I thought that, uh, Kenny and, uh, and Cody for their lack of experience. I know Cody has done some before, but for their lack of regular experience, I thought they did a great job with me. So thank you for saying that.
0: Well, just, you know, not only have they not done it a lot, you guys have never done it together. I mean, you're, you're live working without a net. I mean, this wasn't like something, you know, even when they first put together the trio with Alex Marvez and Excalibur and Jim Ross, they had a lot of time to practice. You guys are just stepping in there cold. It's sort of the show must go on and. I don't know, man. I thought you guys did a great job. Uh, I think you reminded a lot of people of who the OG of wrestling broadcasting is. And by God, you're in the conversation. So congratulations on you getting your props in a big way this week. Thank you.
4: I I have no idea. I know this is dropping on Wednesday. So, uh, tonight's another edition of, of dynamite. And as you and I are talking right now, I have no idea what the plan is because we, uh, with the current situation, I I think they're, I wouldn't say kind of working without a net, but they are, they are waiting and, and talking and discussing what they want to do. And
0: it's very fluid,
4: so, you know, Yeah, but. fluid. That's a good, that's a good term. So I, I, I don't know what, uh, what exactly is going to happen, but I think I'm ready to go. I think I'll be able to warm up. And I, I, I was, uh, in constant contact with Jr. and, um, uh, and Excalibur. And I, Oh, I and don't
0: lie. You're in constant contact with Taz. That motherfucker will text the guy.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Taz did a great job with the post game show too, which Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think should be a, a regular thing for us. I hope it will be.
0: I do too. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, you know, this was such a good idea and so well done. I don't know why we wouldn't do this every week. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was very cool. It's sort of like um, on AMC when they do, uh you know, like a post show for whatever they just watched. Right. You know, like, like after at,
4: breaking bad or something like
0: that, Yeah, or walking dead or whatever. Right. So I think that's, that's sort of in fashion and cool because sometimes when guys are just jonesing for this content, when they finally have an opportunity to get it, you know, they want to have somebody to talk to about it. And, and a, a lot of times in real life, people don't have like a wrestling friend or a walking dead friend. So they can get, you know, that sort of same thing sticking in for the post show. I thought it was a good idea.
4: I did too. Uh, uh props to Jeff Jones and and for Taz. Uh, for coming up with that. Uh, and I, I, know Dana had a lot to do with it and we, we you know, Conrad boy, here's another Tony show line, but it's true. We, we've got a good staff of people. We really do. And uh, people who really love their job. And I know we're in our infancy and I know it's easy to say that because it's true, but we've got good people now as we go along and the wear and the tear and the grind of doing the show every week. And it being in the wrestling business. It may change. I don't see that because of our leadership, but we do have good people and thus we can, uh, come, come up with stuff like that. So yeah, thank you for all of the, the props and, uh, it's fun. I, uh, I'm, I'm very, very lucky.
0: Well, you were also lucky, uh, when you had an opportunity to do WrestleMania six, WrestleMania six is such a big part of my childhood. It's sort of your swan song in WWF. I remember exactly where I was when I watched this one it was such a big deal. Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior in the main event
6: title versus title. Oh.
0: Of course, it went down on April 1st, 1990. So as we're talking today, 30 years ago today, how fucking old does that make you feel, man?
4: I, I can't believe it. I, I, I can't believe it, but, but it all kind of uh, fits because April 1st, uh, 1990, I was in my last WrestleMania show by April 9th of 1990. I had uh, purchased a house in Atlanta and it'll be 30 years, you know, this month that I will have been in the house. So it all kind of, uh, aligns with my life. And I remember the show, what I remember, uh, the two things I remember most about this show, and these are odd. And this is just because, you know, as we say, I'm a weird, weird guy. I remember, uh, the Steve Allen skits that were in there because I was I was in the room when they were shooting those and I thought these are hilarious and if you go back and look at those and I've looked at them looked at them during the course of the week they are just really well done really funny because Steve Allen was and I know most people out there don't know who Steve Allen is but old school one of the funniest guys ever and I remember the final match and I remember saying you know what I'm going to get out of here before this crowd gets so I left, I left before that main event and went right to the airport and hopped the flight to Stanford so I could work on the, uh, work on the, uh, the video. So I didn't, I wasn't there for the, uh, Hulk Hogan match with the, the ultimate warrior. Oddly enough, I had to see it later and I watched, obviously I had to see it later cause I had to edit it down and it was, uh, it was uh, it really between these two guys and, and I know we're going to show it here in a minute. Uh, it was it was so well done and so well booked. And, uh, for two guys who weren't the greatest workers in the world, weren't even considered good workers, they really pulled
5: it off.
0: Yes, they do. Without further ado, let's get into it. Fire up your WWE network. It's April 1st, 1990. Of course, we're watching it this week because we're on our march to WrestleMania. And, and I was really excited about, uh, watching this show with you just because I know sort of the backstory that this is your last one and my two favorite WrestleManias are probably five and six and they're both the ones that Tony Schiavone was at coincidence. Yes. Okay. Probably. Uh, Tony, do you want to give us a countdown for WrestleMania six here? And when, when Tony says play, we'll press play. Okay. WrestleMania six, April 1st,
4: 1990 on the WWE. See, my voice is gone already on the WWE
0: network in
4: three, two, one play.
0: Man, I love this opening uh, The the text here, by the way This is a Vince McMahon voiceover Upon examination of the galaxies of space Images uh, begin to appear Who comes up with all this shit, dude? He does It's funny, Listen though. Well, l- Listen to this And
6: the ultimate warrior Prepare to explode Champion versus champion Title for title It's the ultimate
3: challenge
0: it's WrestleMania. Dude, Vince McMahon voiceover, and that—that's sort of late '80s. I don't know, synthesizer with the horns and all. God damn, it just hits me right in all the fields.
4: It should for your age group, man, it it should. And it, uh, it was, you know what? It was a, I, I have no idea in my life why I left all this, but now looking back on it, but, and here's a great announced team, man.
0: Oh man. You talk about a classic deal. This is peanut butter and jelly here. Jesse Ventura and gorilla monsoon. Mm-hmm. I just absolutely love them, man. Great stuff. Uh, Jesse had that great
4: deep voice. And Gorilla Monsoon just uh, no, he just he just had the had the knack, man. He had the knack for hyping things up and making things sound big. When you heard Gorilla's voice with Jesse, you knew you were in, you knew you had a big event. You really, really did. And uh,
0: I think this face, is I think this is Jesse's last WWF pay per view where he's going to do commentary. It it may be. I mean, how crazy is that? That when you're on your way out, it's also Jesse Ventura's last show.
4: Oh, look, there's uh, Robert Goulet.
0: What's your favorite Robert Goulet match?
4: Uh, it's the one during uh the Naked Gun 2. He I- was a great bad guy in the Naked Gun 2.
0: Look at what a cool venue this is. Of course, we're looking at Skydome here in Toronto. Okay, hold on. Oh, Chris McDonald. We don't know why you
5: still live in Canada. <laughs> Come work for Conrad. You can live in Dave Selva's basement. Take a look at all the scenic footage of a place that you shouldn't live. Come to the United States. We don't have Monopoly money. You won't have to have all those coins in your pocket cause we have paper money and time to leave. We'll get you in without a passport. We know you're tired of hockey and saying A hey, all the time and drinking shitty beer we stand on guard for you chris mcdonald
0: fans loved that one didn't they i love you for that so so good so good
4: yeah thanks so chris i know you're listening you son of a bitch come and do a real
0: job chris mcdonald is low-key one of the most talented people of all
4: time he is. we need you know what we need to do we need to we need to we need to just go up north and get him.
0: Get Speaking him.
4: of talented Manny. Dan, how about this?
0: Mm. Man, oh my God. Have I told you the Coco Beware story that that, lists, that lives on forever in our group chat? No. So Love to hear it. Apparently, I know it's so random, too. And by the way, if, you, if you're sleeping on Coco Beware, let me recommend that you go watch some of his Memphis stuff. Uh, woo. He knew how to work, and uh, he knew how to lay it in. And he had a hell of a drop kick either way. Now he's got a fucking bird named Frankie and he's the bird man. And, uh, here he is anyway, and
4: he's he's back too cause he had been fired.
0: He got fired after this, didn't he? Or is this before
4: uh, this is before, because I was there when he got fired. Mm.
0: Uh, I was there when
4: he got fired in,
0: uh,
4: overseas in Brussels,
0: yeah, overseas in Brussels. I was yeah. on that trip. Apparently, uh, and we should probably not say the name it's out there. If you want to search for it, but. He got, uh, there was a person who worked behind the scenes with the company who popped off and maybe Jim the, Troy, oh, Yeah, Jim okay, Troy. Well, fuck it. We're saying the name and there was and a they, lot of alcohol involved, according to the uh, the story mm-hmm. and supposedly, um, these guys were going back and forth and allegedly Mr. Troy uh, may have referred to Coco beware in a, in a less than favorable manner and, and maybe used, a, a racist term and Coco flipped out. As you could imagine, and beat the fuck out of him. Yeah, he did. Uh, uh, the The word is, I heard he broke a liquor bottle and cut him with it. And
4: cut him with it. Now, earlier in the day, at uh, I think the same bar in Brussels, I was hanging out. Me and Lord Alfred Hayes were hanging out with Jim Troy, and because we didn't have to work that day, in other words, we didn't have to wrestle, and we we had already shot our our footage that we needed behind the scenes. In Brussels, we started drinking like at noon. So I would think by the time that the match was over that night, uh, Jim Troy was, was feeling pretty good. Just my uh, thought on that. Because I remember when I heard the story, I went, fuck, we were, just, we were just hanging out with Jim Troy earlier in the day. But that's that story. Tell me your Coco Beware story that's on your, your, uh, your chat line.
0: By the way, it's been described as like helter-skelter of sorts. There was so much fucking blood. Uh, it was a major situation. Well, either way, both guys get shown the door. Fast forward, Coco's back. Uh, super Dave Miller, great friend of the show. We, we've often referred to him as Pondwater water, Dave. I think that's what he refers himself on Twitter now. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, it's accurate. I mean, he, yep. he lives on pond water. So he thinks mm-hmm. he's immune to all that's going on in the world right now. And between that and, and as many flaming hot Cheetos as he consumes, he probably is. Either way though, he, uh, he has been a wrestling fan his whole life. So when he was a younger man, he would, uh, still go to the matches. And of course he grew up in the, uh, Texas, Mississippi, Louisiana area. So that was a hotbed, uh, for a lot of different, uh, local promotions and Coco appeared on one of those shows when, um, super Dave was, was a younger man and his uh, sister was sitting ringside. And his sister was booing cocoa. Cause I think cocoa was a heel and Coco approached his sister and said, I bet you want this big black dick up. your ass, Don't you, you <laughs> white whore. <laughs> so, so literally anytime super Dave brings his sister up in the group chat, one of my degenerate friends says, you mean the white whore?
4: <laughs> well, the question is, did she get it?
0: Well, I don't know, but literally <laughs> anytime any of us in the group chat have an opportunity to, to find something Coco Beware related, we send it to Dave, like old Cocoa figures. Oh, that's Cocoa tremendous. By t- just anything, you know, because technically they're, they're brothers-in-law, you know?
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, that is a that is a tremendous story. You know, so whenever people give me shit about, oh, your um, your sister in law is 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 Charlotte Flair, I'm always like, yeah, but Super Dave's brother in law was nearly Coco Beware. So, (laughs)
4: uh, I do you ever hear any stories about he and Frankie? Uh, that he didn't like the fucking bird.
0: Who likes any of these animals they got to travel with because of fucking pain in the ass? You know, yep. some of the guys talk about, oh, I don't want to be champion. It was a fucking hassle to carry the belt through TSA. Imagine carrying a goddamn bird or a fucking snake or a bulldog. No, they don't want to fucking carry those things. They just want to go to bed.
5: I'm with you.
4: Birds shitting all over the place.
0: Can you imagine? Hmm. By the way, we should mention Coco Beware is doing... Uh, a GoFundMe uh, type deal right now. I think he is uh, needing uh, some some work on a knee, I think. Let me see if I can find the information and we'll, we'll share that with you because Coco is one of the all-time underrated performers. Uh, and you can just go watch his stuff and check it out. Yeah, there it is. GoFundMe. Uh, Coco needs a knee replacement. He's trying to raise just $10,000. He's got 1685 I know it's a challenging time right now, but man, I had a good time watching this guy and, uh, he entertained us. So I'm going to make a donation. I hope you'll consider it as well. I will. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's, it's on gofundme.com. And then you can get there and just look for Coco beware with knee replacement. And, uh, there it is.
4: Sounds good. I, uh, you know, as you know, I, I became a member of the cauliflower Alley alley club and they do some good work for, uh, for wrestlers needing, benefits. So I'm all for that, man. I'm all for that. Uh, which reminds me of Rick, uh, Rick, the uh, model Martel was a hell of a performer. I know we've talked about it before. We've seen him on WCW events where you and I watched his last match when he blew out his knee, his last match ever. He could really go, man. and look good. But, uh, as we're talking about, uh, wrestlers, I did watch, uh, the dark side of the ring, the Crispin Wa thing. Uh, yikes. And that's all we need to say about that. That one really it hit everybody hard. I think who watched it, but you know, the good news of that, What's congratulations, that? Chris, uh, Chris Jericho for getting the families back together.
0: It was a remarkable episode. Uh, of course, uh, earlier this week, we saw the new Jack episode. I've also had a chance to see the uh, brawl for all episode. Let me just give you a teaser. There is a meltdown in the brawl for all episode that is going to be legendary and you're going to love it.
4: Okay. Very good. These two kids are working pretty hard here in the ring, aren't they? A
0: couple of hall of famers, man. Yeah. Rick, the model Martell, I do feel like is one of those sort of what if guys, you know, to me, he was just one notch below, like a Kurt Henning or right. a Rick recruit. Right. And I feel like if. They would have maybe worked on his promos just a little bit and he wasn't a bad promo, but if maybe if he could have had a little bit of polish there, he could have had the same career that Mr. Perfect or Ravishing Recruit did. And I know he was AWA champion and all that. And and he had a tag run here and a decent run as the model, but it did feel like there was a ceiling with him that his look and his work didn't necessarily necessitate like he could have. Been an even bigger deal than he was.
4: Yeah. Because look, I mean, the fact is he's wrestling on the opening match of WrestleMania and he has him tap out to begin things. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that you're saying about Rick Martel. Had that eighties do too, as well. Didn't he? I think I ought to grow up my hair like that. Don't you long and like that. Get a perm. What do you think?
0: I think it would be a great look for you, buddy.
4: My hairstyle is getting ready to change, by the way. Well, so
0: you're, you're really, you're going to like try now. Yeah. Let's go to me. Let's go to
4: mean, you with the colossal connection first.
0: Yes, please do this.
4: All right. Uh, I'm standing here with the big guy, Andre, the giant, the bad guy, Ming or King Haku. And of course, uh, Heenan, uh, Bobby, are you sober? Am I sober? Are you sober? Well, listen, I was going to have a drink. Well, I'm going to have a drink here as well. I'm going to need to say a few things about Tony Schiavone. His chair was always higher than anybody else's. Higher than anybody else's. And he always fade me on finishes. Do you know that? You know it's a lie, too? I don't know it's a lie. You know it's a lie? I don't know anything. Ah, well, it's true. Lying motherfucker. Let's get out of here. All right, you heard it from Bobby the Brain Heenan. And as we always know, everything he said was the truth. Did somebody fart? <laughs>
0: Oh my God. I love Sean Mooney. This is my rights in the fields. And by the way, was a demolition promo. The easiest promo ever to do. Listen to this. Cut
6: down the biggest redwood there is. Even if he is seven feet four, 500 pounds, and I'll shear the limbs off that Polynesian Oak. But just before I finish chopping them down, I'm going to stand back, look at him, and yell timber. That sounds pretty good, but let me tell you what I'd like to do to Andre the Giant and Haku. I'd like to throw him in the back of a semi-tractor trailer, get behind that wheel, push that pedal to the middle, and drive him straight
7: off a cliff, and watch him smash in the smithereens! Gentlemen, this is beginning to sound like a demolition derby. Now you're catching on, because that's exactly what happens
6: every time demolition's in its a ring. And this match is no different. We're out to demolish and destroy! And after the match is all over, the only thing that's going to be salvageable from that scrap heap will be the metal we're going to use to forge our new tag team championship belt. Ha! Let's go back out to ringside.
0: We could do that, dude. Yeah, I think we could.
4: A couple of things about uh, demolition that I need to say. Please do. Okay. Uh, I thought when I was in the, when I was in, uh, uh, Crockett promotions and, the uh, this is before I, and of course, I knew I had known Barry Darso. He had been Crusher Khrushchev. and I would look uh, from the distance of Jim Crockett Promotions at the WWF. I would think to myself, "Wait, Demolition—they are a sorry knockoff of the Road Warriors."
0: I don't think that.
4: Okay, then when I got there, I thought to myself, "You know what? These guys are better than the Road Warriors." Yep. And it, 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 it's all about your perspective in, in many ways, but th- they were tremendous. They really were. And another thing about them is, uh, we have in, in AEW have a mask guy, evil Uno. And he and I were talking about being able to do a promo with a mask on. And I said, you need to watch Billy Edie's promos as the mass superstar back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, what you're seeing bill Eady do here right now with demolition is pretty good. It's really good. But when he used to do interviews as a mass man, the mass superstar, I'm telling you, Conrad, I don't know how many of those you've seen. They were great fucking interviews, buddy. They were great. I mean, he knew how to do a promo and it wasn't necessarily the screaming that you see from demolition. So yeah, I'm encouraging anyone. Who just go and uh, go on YouTube and find mass superstar interviews and take a look at what he could do back then because he was good stuff.
0: Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. It's rare that you talk about something that you actually liked. You always just sound exhausted by wrestling. Well, I'm not, I'm not
4: exhausted by wrestling.
0: Hey, uh, talk to uh, me about, uh, the look of demolition here. I mean, I didn't know it as a kid, but this is some weird S and M dominatrix type shit here. Is it not? Oh Yeah.
4: I, and I, I have a feeling because of, uh, of what kind of a weird guy Vince was that he was all into this. And I, I'm not saying, I'm just saying weird because he liked, you know, pushing the envelope in wrestling.
0: You ever have like Lois tie you up and drip candle wax on your balls or something like that? No, if Lois would ever
4: end up tying me up. Okay. She'd just leave you for dead. That's exactly right. She'd, she'd go to sleep. She'd go get something to eat, watch some TV, come in and check on me. Say, you okay? I said, yeah, right now. She said, okay, well, I'm going to go to the store. And then she'd come back and she'd open the door. She said, okay. I want to go. No, she's okay. I got to go take a shit. I'll be right back. You know, things like that.
0: I've heard that, uh, former ladies, professional wrestler, princess Victoria. She was all into this. I, you know, uh, I, have never heard of the name princess Victoria. Well, there's, uh, there's at least one guy who I know was married at the time and I can't say their name, but, uh, apparently, um, she liked, uh, whips and chains and restraints and things like that. And a friend of ours, uh, has told me actually two friends of ours have told me multiple stories about that. And whenever I see demolition now, I always wonder, Hey, what other folks were, uh, we're sort of in on the gag here because I don't care what anybody says. That's clearly what they're going for. Some SM right. look and right. as a kid. I didn't know that. And also as a kid, you know, because of my age group, I saw demolition before I saw the Legion of doom, you know? So before I saw the road warriors, I, I saw demolition. So I didn't see demolition as a knockoff and I loved demolition and I love their finish. Um, and I love their look. Boy, look at that fucking kick. You can tell Andre's hurting for certain. Oh, He's in yes, a bad absolutely. way here. Hey, right. we, we, we talked about it at the top of the show, you know, we've got gorilla and we've got Jesse Ventura. I'm going to make you decide here. What did you prefer? Gorilla and Bobby or gorilla and Jesse? I preferred gorilla
4: and Jesse. Mm. And it's not a knock on Bobby. I just, I don't know. To me, Jesse, to me, Jesse. Uh, meant WWF. And I guess it goes back to the days of watching Saturday night's main event. I don't know. I li- all right. I liked him here. Okay. I can qualify that. All right. I like Jesse and gorilla on commentary. I like Bobby and gorilla on the desk doing, Prime uh, time. going back and forth.
0: Yeah.
4: Doing like the main event, uh, Prime time. uh, Primetime. Yeah. They, they, were, they were tremendous together on primetime. Their banner back and forth. So, there. Liked them both. I'll allow it. So, any of you uh, dirt sheet stooges out there who use Conrad's uh, podcast uh, as headlines for your stories uh, because you can't do any work on your own, then you can uh, say that Shimani liked them both.
0: Oh, we should mention that this show popped up early, uh, both on uh, patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday and adfreeshows.com. We've had lots of questions about hey, is Tony canceling his Patreon? No, he's not canceling his Patreon. He just did a live video chat just a couple of days ago, and he's going to continue to crank out new content there. And I think I'm even going to be in on some of the action because the rumor and in innuendo is you and I might be watching some shows together. And, uh, that's all going to be happening on the WHW Monday, uh, Patreon, but ad free shows is where you can get all five of my shows early and ad free. And, uh, we got some, some cool bonus content over this, this week. I don't know that you saw, but we had Jim Ross talking about the plane ride from hell for the first time ever, uh, wow. where there were guys who had jobs when the plane took off who didn't, when they landed and uh <laughs> wow <laughs> we've also got uh, a really fun episode with Eric where he examines his quote unquote 83 days in the WWE he finally talks about his most recent run in the company Arn Anderson gives a uh, sort of a peek behind the curtain into the Vader Orndorff fight Bruce Pritchard talks WrestleMania 8 lots of fun new content over at adfreeshows.com but if you're a WHW super fan and you want to do the low-key big hog get togethers and you want to see life with Lois and do live chats with Tony, that's only available here at patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. And you can join for as little as like seven bucks a month. So if you've been sleeping on that, go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. And and I don't know when this low-key big hog thing is gonna happen now, thanks to the coronavirus delaying our April plans. We've got some dates circled in July. If that keeps up, yes, we will adjust it again. We want to make sure everybody can travel here safely and and enjoy themselves. But we're all in this together. And, uh, as soon as we know, if there's going to be more of this, we will communicate it. But if it was up to me, man, you know, none of this would be happening and we'd be doing it this fucking weekend. I'm in the mood to talk wrestling with our friends. Yeah.
4: Like you said, it's a fluid fluid is a term you used, used earlier it's a fluid situation. We hope by, by July, everything's going to be fine. We can all get together. I think someone said, uh, on our group chat, I don't think it was the one that we had recently, but an, an earlier one said, man, it's going to be hot in July in Alabama. And I said, well, we're not going to go out and run laps.
0: No, that's true.
4: There will be no and, laps
0: involved in anything I'm doing. Right. Uh, so
4: there we go. And uh, we always have a great time. And, uh, Oh, by the way, I look forward to uh, coming to your house this weekend.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. WrestleMania. Right. It's, it's going to happen. We've uh, we've started to call the guest list a little bit. Megan's uh, a little nervous about having so many strangers in the house, like Cassio Kidd and Corey Ryan Forrester. Uh, but yeah. you're still welcome. So we're excited to have you. Did you kick Corey Ryan Forrester out? He wouldn't find out for like a week or two anyway. Because you see, Corey, what he's notorious for doing is he'll make plans. Mm-hmm. And he'll say he's coming and then he won't. That's that's what big stars do. Yeah. 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 Sort of like Ric Flair at StarCast in Vegas. Uh, exactly like Ric Flair at StarCast in Vegas. By the way, we should mention, um, there was a dark match on this show. And I know mm. that you hate that you missed this one. Mm. Uh, why are you saying, uh, huh. as Paul Roman, the Brooklyn brawler. Oh my God. I am. I am uh, very sad. I missed that. That would have been fun.
4: Did you notice how, how Ming or Haku at that time? How with ease he picked him up yes. just, uh, just a brute man,
0: man and a half. And, and by the way, not the tallest guy, but just man and a half, just the, f- the first guy through the curtain this night. You want to guess who it was? Like, you know, the crowd is set. The lights are on. There's maybe a hype video that played. And now it's time for somebody to run to the ring, Roma, Shane McMahon. Whoa, wait, what did he do? Well, he was, uh, starting to work with the company and he had to run down to ringside, so he's the first person out there. And, uh, as we said, there was a dark match with Paul Roma and Brooklyn brawler and then the actual live card 14 matches, dude.
4: Yeah. And we saw that, uh, the first match we saw cook will and um, Rick Martell didn't go that long and I, I think went just long enough and the, And it looks like they may be getting ready to go home on this thing
0: too. We should mention that, uh, Andre's hurting to the point that they've had to wheel him through airports for the better part of the year. Uh, so this is his sort of swan song in the ring on a big level for the company. I think this is actually Andre's last televised match in the company. He's going to do some international tours as part of tag matches. and continue to make appearances, but this is the last televised match and, oh uh, what a great spot. Andre always loved doing that. According to Bruce, where he would tie himself up and I think we're setting up the finish here.
4: Yeah, that's going to be it. I'm I'm sure they're going to take the finish on Ming. Oh, of course.
0: And afterwards you see Andre, uh, they want to turn in baby facing. And, and so he can do these, you know, sort of swan song tours, you know, as a kid, that was such a cool finisher as an adult. I'm like, boy, that was a piece of shit finish, but. <laughs> As a kid, that's awesome. Look at the crowd just going absolutely bananas. Yeah. They
4: loved anything. Uh, uh, Canada always was a great wrestling country. The fans were into everything,
0: man. I would love to have those old tag belts there. You know, who has them? I don't, if I did, I'd be trying to call them up every quarter and see if I could negotiate a deal. Cause I'd love to have it. So here you see, uh, by the way, I think that jacket from uh, Bobby Heenan is either on sale now uh, on eBay or, or was recently for sale. I saw it listed somewhere, not too terribly long ago, a private collector man snagged it by now, but I always thought a Bobby jacket was a cool look. I even advised years later when Jay Z was looking to have a gimmick. I said, man, you should do a jacket like Bobby Heenan and he did. And then from there, it spanned off into the goddamn Bojangles jacket, and now everybody knows how silly he is. Now watch this, and watch the slap from Andre. He's going to start wagging his finger, and eventually he slaps uh, Andre. And then Andre wants to slap him back, but doesn't want to hurt him. So he misses by a fucking foot. You got to see this. Okay. Well,
4: I can see why he didn't want to hurt him, because they were very close, and Andre's hands were Andre's hand is almost as big as Heenan's head. Sure. Oh, Heenan, Heenan
0: really doing some great work here, man. Absolutely. Oh, look at this. Andre immediately sold it. And here comes the paintbrush. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Look at the crowd. They they know it's coming and they're ready for it. They want to like Andre. Sure. Sure. They do. Sure.
4: They do. He, He talked about. Here we go. (laughs)
5: <laughs> Whiff.
0: There you go Andre, poor Andre And by the way, Bobby's selling all he can mm-hmm. As a kid, I used to think that was so funny That he just fucking missed him Now I'm watching an old man just try to power through his last match And I'm like, man, I shouldn't have ever shit on that
4: Yeah, because that's all he could do at that time.
0: Arne Anderson had such a great line. He said, uh, Ming is the type of guy who would destroy you and then eat the evidence (laughs) fucking tickled me. Yeah. Arne has those great lines, man. I wonder if, uh, I wonder what the relationship was like here with Vince and Andre. You know, like we know years later, they would have a falling out and Andre would even show up at a clash of the champions, but you just got to wonder like, was Andre not ready to be done here? I mean, clearly he needs to be, I mean, he's, he's not in the best physical condition or do you think it was just about money and he felt like he deserved a bigger payday? I wonder what, what there was to that falling out. I'm sure it had, I'm sure money came into it, but I'm
4: also sure that just like any other wrestler, Andre had been such a big attraction and a big star for so many years. He just didn't want his lifestyle to end. I know he, like you said, he needed to be wheeled through airports, but his life had been in airports and as long as he could still out of breath, he still wanted to do it. Right. And Vince probably, I'm thinking this is just, um, freestyling here, but I'm thinking that Vince probably said, you know, you just can't do this anymore. And Andre still wanted to. So, and he clearly couldn't. I mean, he was still big. He was still incredible to watch, but it was, it kind of, it, this is a bad comparison. I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. It, it was kind of like watching a giant Baba wrestle. Mm. Giant Baba was 10 uh, times worse. It's just awkward. Yeah. Just just tough i mean baba anytime baba came out and he'd walk out with that robe on and you'd see him and you'd think wow man this could be good and he'd take off the robe and you go what the fuck and um uh, so anyway that's that's my feeling on that uh, this is uh it's our buddy jimmy hart and our buddy uh earthquake
0: Who, by the way, I think I could do
4: cosplay as for Halloween, maybe. Uh, Yeah, I think you could go back and forth on your feet like that, couldn't you? Boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Go shake. See, earthquakes are shaking. Boom, boom, boom. John, boom. Boom, John Tento. A lot of shouting going on these promos here.
0: That's what it is, man. That's what what Mm -hmm. the promos of the day call for. Take a listen. The
3: only thing not standing will be me. The only
1: natural disaster and the World Wrestling Federation. Come on, baby, let's go. Come. All right, let's get back out to ringside.
0: Taking on the mighty Hercules. Ooh. I was not a huge Hercules fan, but I got to tell you, I did think it was cool when he had the big chain and he would sling it around his head and it would cover the length of the ring. Like that was a pretty cool thing as a kid. Yeah, I, I liked uh, Hercules. I liked uh, Ray a lot. Well, I'm just saying you, you see this from a, Different a from an adult coworker, you know, traveling companion, whatever uh, a professional standpoint, I see it from the lens of a damn, you know, seven-year-old, sure, eight-year-old, whatever I was here. And, uh, you know, I understand now that, Hey, they're just trying to give everybody gimmicks. The model's got to have you know, the fragrance and Coco beware has got to have the bird and demolition has got to have the spikes and the paint and the mask. And, uh, Hercules has to have a chain and Jake has to have a snake and the million dollar man has to have the diamond belt. And I understand these are all just accessories and props and, but it really did go a long way to create, I don't know, differing characters. You, You need some sort of differentiation. Than 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 what maybe the NWA was doing where this guy wears blue and this guy wears black. Yeah. I the NWA was a more realistic presentation of wrestling. This was, for lack of a better word, I think the term everybody uses is cartoonish presentation. Right. Right. But I still liked it.
4: Oh, I did too. Hey, listen, uh, there's some uh, pretty good uh interviews and skits coming up in this uh in this show. I think we should track them. Uh, I mentioned Steve Allen. I think he's had a couple of things in the show. Rona Barrett's going to be in this show, which I always thought was funny. If you didn't know who Rona Barrett was, she was a kind of a gossip columnist of the day back then.
0: Talk me through. Let's track them. Is that fancy speak for let's play the audio or is that yes. fancy speak for let me make fun of it?
4: No, let, let's that's fancy speak for let's play the audio.
0: Okay. I can do uh, that, Tony.
4: Okay. So, <laughs> anyway that that uh, that that's a, that's a term they use in the production truck.
0: Well, see, I, I do mortgages and whatnot. Right. In other words, in the production truck,
4: when Keith Mitchell wants the sound of the tape, what's on tape, you'll say, uh, "Track, uh, track tape." In other words, that tells everybody that's the that tells the uh, the audio guy that's what he wants to hear. So. By the way, working with Keith Mitchell again is a treat. Man. Also, I want to mention the fact that and I came out with this on Twitter recently. Uh I was uh and I'll just tell you the whole story in case you didn't see it on Twitter. After uh the show Wednesday, I, I spent some time with Matt Hardy. Mm. Uh spent a lot of time with Matt Hardy. We sat down and talked, uh, probably oh, Ah yeah. yes. <laughs> delete. And I we probably sat down and talked about two hours. Really? Yeah. And um uh, and we got and talking about, you know, because he's from North Carolina, talking about how he got into wrestling and the, the days of he and Jeff trying to, you know, get booked and two really, really young kids. We're talking about teenagers wrestling for Vince. So I went on, I went, uh, later that night, went back to the hotel room and I said, I'm going to watch a Hardy boys match because I had never watched a Hardy boys match. Never. So I looked online, what would be the best Hardy's boy, Hardy boys match to watch. And it was the, uh, the ladder match tag team ladder match against edge and Christian from no mercy, I guess. Yep. 99 and buddy. That set the tone, didn't it? That, uh, that's one of the defining matches
0: of that era. Wouldn't you say without question?
4: Yeah. Man. Could those
0: kids go, I mean, no, no, no regard for their, their body or themselves just. Throwing caution to the wind in a major way. And people still talk about that match, you know, 21 years later. Yeah. So now what I'm doing, I'm going through the network
4: and I'm watching Hardy boy matches because I know, you know, they were with Terry a little bit and they had a great tag team run. And before that they were with Michael Hayes as their
0: manager. Uh, have you seen the tit yet? The tit? Yeah. Have you seen the tit? No. Is it on the network? Yeah. The uh, Terry, the Terry Invitational Tournament.
4: Oh, oh, okay, I got it because that's what uh, that's what Jr. and um, and the King were talking about during that. The tit, the tit, yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you, here's a here's another one, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna pump up my buddy here, Jr. and the King had a wonderful call on that match. Wonderful call, and there was a point to where. Uh, You know, before the match started, Terry walks up the ladder to show the king Mm. exactly how high they're going to get. And king is looking up her skirt, right? Yeah. And so Jr. hits king with a line was, uh, yeah, I know. I I know how high she got up there because I saw you looking at her. And the king said, yeah, she was winking at me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Or it was winking at me. And they let that line go, and there was a long pause. And I know that either Jr. was dying laughing or staring at. At uh, you need to go back and listen to that line, man. But it was great commentary. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, chat us up on Twitter if there's a a match, a Hardy Boys match that you suggest that I see, because you know I, I've been looking around, and and there's a lot of ladder matches. I know they had a triple ladder match with the Dudleys involved and every everything, but. I like to see a Hardy boys more than just a ladder match. So,
0: City but anyway, they can go, man. i at WHW Monday on Twitter. That's at WHW Monday on Twitter. Tony has fallen in love with wrestling again. I love to hear yeah. it. Yeah, man.
4: I, I, uh, one, one guy said, when I said on Twitter, he said, everybody else has watched it. How come you haven't? I said, well, my life was going on at that time. And, uh, and of course that in 1999, I was not paying attention to what they were doing. Look at that boom man i don't know i don't know if it's any way to work a guy that size falling down on you i know the elbow drop i know he's going to take most of the brunt of the, on his body but still that's that has got a fucking that's got to fucking hurt because he's getting
0: ready to set on him right here i gotta tell you man i'm i'm uh I'm a little concerned about WrestleMania this weekend. Really? Yeah. We keep hearing the news that this guy's not there. That guy's not there. I wonder in hindsight, did they make the right call? Should they have just postponed it?
4: Well, I think they should have, but then again, who am I to say they should have? So it's, there's something that's not common knowledge that you know about.
0: No, I don't know what's out there and what's not. I'm just saying there's a lot of people who are going to watch WrestleMania and who haven't been keeping up with spoilers, and I don't want to give spoilers here on the show. So they may okay. do, they may do right. some sort of pivot, and I don't want to ruin somebody's fun.
8: Yeah, I get that.
0: Okay, I will. A lot of fans may know, but some may be avoiding it, and we don't want to give it away on a nostalgia show. I'm with you, and I've marked the time. We should mention: uh, earthquake is getting some momentum by this point. He's things are going to heat up. He's going to be working with um, Hulk Hogan at the end of the summer.
4: Hmm. Well, he is one of those big monsters that they like to feed to Hogan. I
0: think we're going to get this backstage skit next that you like. You want to hear Rona Barrett interview Miss Elizabeth?
4: Yeah, it was. There was nothing that entertaining about it, but it's worth tracking. Track it. <laughs>
0: oh, here, here we go, we're tracking.
9: With me now, the first lady of the World Wrestling Federation, the lovely Miss Elizabeth. Hello, Rona. Hey. Elizabeth, I must say, I've had the pleasure of interviewing some of the most glamorous stars in Hollywood, but some of them kind of pale by comparison to your beauty. You really are quite... <sighs> Stunning. Well, thank you, Rona. Elizabeth, we've missed you. Where have you been? You haven't nearly been as active in the World Wrestling Federation, and um, you seem to have disappeared altogether from ringside. What happened? Well, it's true that most of my participation in the World Wrestling Federation these days has been in an advisory capacity away from the ring. But why, Elizabeth? Your fans are really so disappointed. But that's precisely why I'm not as active. I don't want to disappoint my fans. I don't think I understand. Explain. Well, in the past, there were times at ringside when I could have physically helped, but I was afraid, and not afraid of getting hurt, but afraid of not being able to help enough, and thus, my fans would be disappointed. Elizabeth, I think your fans uh, would argue that your presence at ringside would be help enough. Well, you may be right, Rona. You know, lately, I've thought of nothing else but returning to ringside, and if I ever do, you're gonna see a far more active Elizabeth than you've ever seen before. Well, if you do, I personally will look forward to that. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Miss Elizabeth. Nice thank to see you. And nice you. to be with you. And now back to you, Sean.
0: That was fucking terrible. Wasn't it? And, and the only way it got worse is this.
9: i Mr. Perfect's record, and I just
10: have to say, it's pretty impressive. But you know something, Sean? No matter what this guy thinks, nobody's really perfect. Everybody has flaws. Everybody makes mistakes. And after this match is over, I think you'll agree that I severed his perfect
7: record at a pretty good clip. Cutting remarks from Brutus, the barber beefcake.
0: Here's what's great about this.
10: (laughs) Okay.
7: In
0: the promo, he's saying nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes, but he's going to sever the perfect record. And he tries to clip the papers that Sean Mooney is holding Mm -hmm. and the fucking heads clippers don't cut them. Mm. It's outstanding to me that we're trying. Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes like this one. Watch. I can't cut this fucking paper with my razor sharp shears. You're supposed to be scared of. Well, you know, the surprising thing about all
4: that is that those are pre-tapes. Yeah. And and they I'm I'm surprised that they use that one because they would many times they would redo pre-tapes I'm over not, and over again until they got them right.
0: Now, what that tells you is it was a Bruce Pritchard one and he says, "Got it. That's enough. Anybody <laughs> got a dube? Who's got a dube? <laughs> Where's Roddy? He's probably got a dube mm. By the way, this is where years ago I first started my Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake bit that got everybody fired up because I still can't believe you've built all, you've got all of this equity built into Mr. Perfect years worth. He's never lost. And his first loss is not going to come to Hulk Hogan. His first loss is not going to come to the newly anointed ultimate warrior. Nay, nay. It's Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense.
4: Makes plenty of sense.
0: No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Tell me.
4: Hulk Hogan.
0: What? Hulk
4: Hogan. They were buddies. And I'm I'm Hulk Hogan. Listen, Vince ruled things. Unlike, you know, what happened when Hogan went in WCW but there were times that Vince would do things just to appease Hogan. And I have a feeling this was one of those.
0: I don't want to hear that. Well, okay. Maybe not. I mean, you're probably right. And, but, but somebody somewhere, God damn it. This Hulkster, he's got to be stopped. <laughs> this, we should have had him. We should have had this Mr. Perfect streak And, with the ultimate warrior beating him, you know, let's really cement it now. Hey, he's undefeated. He's never lost. He just came off a, a fresh win over British, the barber beefcake. And now he's going to take on the ultimate warrior and i would have Mr. Perfect beat the ultimate warrior, uh, for the intercontinental title, not the world title, that'd have been ah. cool. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our
4: new podcast. We be booking.
0: No, I'm just saying like you could have then had two real, it just feels like they never really went with Mr. Perfect. And I never got why now we did do a long, a deep dive on Mr. Perfect with something to wrestle. And I discovered in my research that for whatever reason, Hulk Hogan versus Mr. Perfect was not a draw. Like whenever perfect was on top, it didn't draw. So, wow. And by the way, he's already, uh, he's already lost to the ultimate warrior here. It just hasn't aired yet. So it was a pre-tape and it was a match where, uh. You know, it's in the can, so he's technically been pinned, just hasn't made air yet, man. Look at the way he would sell just bouncy ball all over the place. You can see where uh, Dolph Ziggler gets some of his influence, huh? Yeah. And you can also see
4: I, in, in many ways, uh, and I know he was wrestling at this time, but, uh, Sean, Michael sold like that too. Oh, for
0: sure. Those three are the, are, are always sort of mentioned in the same vein there.
4: Right. Yeah. He'll sell this one, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You, you can tell the fans are really not into this Brutus, the barber beefcake stuff.
0: Although I thought it was pretty cool.
4: I like the hedge clippers, man. I, I liked all that.
0: By the way, uh, W Dwayne Lloyd wants to know if you'll start giving timestamps throughout the show. So can you just do that as often as you can remember? What's his name? Dwayne. Dwayne. Here's the Dwayne timestamp
4: at forty six twenty seven twenty
0: eight. Is that good enough for you, Dwayne? Yeah, just do it as often as you can. Let's just annoy him with it. <clears throat> you know, one of our uh, biggest
4: fans of listening to this podcast, Tony Khan, uh, told me that uh, he said, "I don't listen to it much anymore because I don't have time to sit down and." Uh, and watch the shows with you right and i told him and i'll tell everybody else you don't necessarily need to watch the shows to enjoy this podcast
0: no if you can't
4: a lot of people listen to it in the car they just listen to the banner back and forth and us talking about things so i mean don't think that you've got to listen you got to watch do a watch along watch along enhances it but it doesn't it's not necessary
0: and wait who are you having this conversation with
4: tony Khan. yeah that's not why he's not listening yeah, he's got too much to do.
0: No, he doesn't like me. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he's the only one that doesn't like you then. <laughs> every- <laughs> no, we're, we're fine. Everything's okay. cool. I'm just busting balls. <clears throat> yeah, I
4: know. Which we is eat- kind of what you do 95% of the time here.
0: Well, you know, before he owned the second biggest wrestling company in the world, we would mm-hmm. text about wrestling a little more. Now, as you said, he's, uh, he's got his hands full. My God. I
4: mean, running a wrestling company
0: and a soccer organization and a football team and, yes. a, and a statistics company. And yeah, and I think he's got some, some Hollywood agent stuff. He's doing, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, he's got a lot going on. Mary
4: Tyler Moore has arrived.
0: It's like she could be
4: Lois's cousin. I know. <laughs> She's, uh,
0: what a, what a star she was. Tony, yeah. do you have any you, old man words of wisdom? When, when, when are things going to be back to normal? I'm hoping by the middle of May. What makes you say middle of May? Do you have, I mean, is this just an old man, old man gun gut feeling?
4: No. Yeah. It's an old man gut feeling. Well, the middle of May, as you and I are talking right now is about six weeks away. And we have many people have been quarantined for two weeks. So I was thinking about two months, right? So eight weeks should be the middle of May. It was the middle of March when it started. That's what I'm hoping. But, you know, in, in the society we live in, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Right. And a lot of fear mongering. So who knows what's right? and what? I, I just don't know. I can tell you this. If you are getting your, uh, news from social media, you're fucked.
0: Where would you and recommend if, people get
4: their news? I would go to news websites.
0: Is there one go. in particular you would recommend? No, there's not. Just look
4: around. I uh, I wouldn't watch cable TV, and I hate to say because my son works for a cable TV news company. I wouldn't watch that because you end up just listening to uh, pundits uh, rip the uh, rip other parties, and they they get into politics just. I'll tell you what, uh, follow the World Health Organization, WHO, CDC, uh, follow those. That's what I suggest. So I, again, back to what your original question, I don't know. What do you think?
0: I don't know. I, uh, I gotta tell you, I adjusted to the quarantine cause I've, I've self quarantined at this point by the time people are listening to this for more than two weeks. Uh, I had uh food poisoning and got sick a couple of Mondays ago and, uh, missed work. And then the next day, you know, it was the, uh, you know what things are getting nuts. Maybe I should just work from home for a little bit. So as people are hearing this, I've been home for weeks and i am adjusted and it's fine. You know, I'm not fussing, but it's just, you start to think about, man, there's a lot of, You know, and I've been fortunate I've been able to work from home, but I got a lot of friends who are out of work now and you know, things are, things are weird in the world right now. And it's like, man, when will this get back to normal? I don't know, but I know there's a,
4: there's a a couple of my friends and I've been talking that eventually, eventually, uh, there's going to be anarchy and I don't mean anarchy as far as what happens on the movies. I just think there's going to be a lot of people would be tired of it. And I don't, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but things are going to start to happen when I don't know. Now I, I, we have kind of, it's been very tough for me to, Lois pretty much self quarantine. Now we will go to the, we will go to, uh, the grocery store and that that's about it. That's about all Lois has been going to grocery store. We'll go together. She won't go without me. And then of course I've been going out and doing wrestling on you know the middle of the week and coming back. So,
0: but you're My, you're not you're not flying. You're just hopping in a car and driving. That's right. Yeah. So, I
4: I mean we're okay, even though you know we're uh, we're older Americans. We're not that age group yet, but we're older Americans. I think the age group they're talking about would be late seventies, eighties. We ain't there yet. Yet,
0: Well, there it is. The streak is over and look at the fans. Unbelievably, Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake just ended the perfect streak.
4: Yeah, man. Can't believe it either, huh?
0: Tony, cut no, his hair now? Not his hair.
6: Hmm.
4: I need to take a close look at this, but one of the cameramen here on this show is now the director of AEW Dynamite.
11: Huh.
4: And it's, it's, it's Tim. I don't know which one Tim is here. It's not, I think it, Tim was the guy who jumped up on the apron of the ring right here. I'm just right there. I think that, I think that's right there. I think that's Tim with, his back to us. Not sure. But Tim has been a long time in wrestling. One of the better ones. And went on to, uh, be the director of, uh, Baltimore Orioles baseball for many, many years. And now he works exclusively for AEW. great director. I guess we're going to cut, uh, Lanny Papo's hair here, right?
0: Yep. i damn. He's gonna suck his own dick, and then we're gonna have Beefcake cut his hair.
5: Oh no! He, no, he's trying to get out of
0: the way. Just manscape him. <laughs> By the way, yeah, you- I, I, I've wanted one of those carts my whole life. Yeah, I know. I.
4: That's what I'm saying. You should have one at the office.
0: I want to get one to like go check the mail, take the trash to the top of the hill things like that i have a golf cart but it would be way better to have one of these
4: you have to take trash to the top of the hill there they don't come down to your curb
0: that's right it's gotta wow. it's gotta go uh for a little hike which is why i originally got a golf cart because you could hook one of those giant golf uh those giant green cans with some bungee uh-huh. cords and drag that motherfucker to the top of the hill wow and the, and the real deal is i didn't mind doing it when it wasn't raining but when it's raining or cold fuck that why don't you
4: call Clint just to come and do it for you? Or better yet, now you got Silva. Or better yet, that can be part of the job of Chris McDonald.
0: Chris McDonald ain't ever even coming down here, bro. Oh, he thinks he's not.
4: Oh, I like- But I guess the, the border's closed right now, but when it opens, we're kidnapping his Canadian ass. He's he's hitting home runs left and right, is he not? Yes, he is. Uh, for those of you who watched the uh, latest Living Our L- Life with Lois, uh, he worked on that. And again, just some, some subtle, some just small stuff he put on there just made it what it was. So.
0: What's weird is he's got, you know, when you see his work, this big personality, and then you hang out with him in real life, and he's like the most quiet, meek, yeah. mild-mannered person ever. And you're like, where does all this... I guess it just lives in his head and he has to get in front of a keyboard to let it out.
4: I guess so, because when I first started talking to him, I, I gave him a lot of shit as I've been known to do.
0: Well, especially in my group of friends, you just assume, oh, these motherfuckers are callous to it. They can take it.
4: Yeah, and I would just give him shit and he would just smile.
0: Yeah, and then you start to back off. You're like, oh, fuck, this isn't fun. I need to uh, give me some rounds back. Come on. Hey, we're getting ready to see one of the great matches of all time.
4: Are we bad Bad news? Brown and Roddy Piper
0: (laughs) coming into this, by the way, this is going to be one of the most memorable things that Roddy Piper ever does. He paints himself half white, half black. Uh What do you think when you saw Piper walking around backstage like this? I thought it was, I thought he was fucking nuts. But then
4: Roddy was always nuts.
0: The motherfucker looks like a black and white cookie. You know, when you go to the bakery and they get the cookies that are like white right down one side and black the other, and it's just a Mm -hmm. line straight in the middle. Mm -hmm. That's what Roddy Piper's going for here. Some black. If
4: you if you eat one of those black and white cookies, are you considered a racist? Oh my god! I my question. You just definitely in today's society, you don't know what is considered. And what is not? Well,
0: let me just tell you: when you get on here and you say "whole commentary ninja," that's racist. You shouldn't do that anymore. Here's the here's the promo.
1: Call him the Hot Rod. Yeah, you could say I'm the Hot Rod.
2: Some folks call me the Hot Scott. Does you know? I guess I'm a little bit of both. Now that I think of it, you could say I'm a little two faced. But you know, bad news, Brown, you just got one face. kind of face that needs a little customizing. For instance, let's take a look at them big bug eyes of yours. Look so mean and nasty with them gnarly veins in it. Look like you're going to pop right out of them sockets. You know, I don't think you see that. Well, of course, we can talk about them. Out of proportion. Ears you got, they're just there to collect dust, dirt, and wax. And you don't listen with them.
10: You ought to be listening.
2: But I don't want to insult you, other than that schnozola you got. Cute little schnozola with them dilating nostrils and that wonderful hair that comes out of the left nostril, oh, about three and a half feet long, that you could pull cars with, or you could wrap it, you could blade it, you could slice you could dice with it. Which brings me to another part of your face, your mouth. Now, that's part of your body you don't have no trouble with. (laughs) You're talking about somebody that knows about mouths, but you're talking about somebody that knows how to back it up. You see, you got a mouth kind of like Ralph Crandom. I got a big mouth! (laughs) Well, I'm going to shut it for you, baby. The only thing you don't know Bad News Brown is which one, Hot Rod, or Hot Scott,
1: is going to do it. (laughs) well it looks to me bad news brown that you're gonna have to deal with a split personality split personality
0: i need mean gene to come back to life and live forever Mm. i do too mean gene should still be here i mean how fucked is it that that mean gene is gone and mike Tanay still walks amongst us
4: Yes. Uh Gene.
0: That was a joke, by the way. Yes, it was. It's a comedy podcast. Right.
4: We're and, glad Mike today is still around. Of
0: course we are. These are jokes. Yeah. But I mean, if, seriously, if you take, why is Mark Madden still here? I'm just asking.
4: Yeah. And that's a joke too. And if you don't take it as a joke, then Fuck you yourself. Should. Yeah, you shouldn't be around.
0: You shouldn't be listening to this. No, you
4: shouldn't. The, the world is better without you. If you, do, if you don't take it. You, uh, uh, to use a line from my favorite comedian, Louis Black, for those of you who have who don't take our jokes and are offended by it, we're going to walk around, take that rod that's up your ass, pull it out ever so gently, and sniff it just so we can confirm that your shit doesn't
0: stink. Okay. Don't know what that means. Oh yeah, you do. What do you think about the uh the cart here? You think we should get one of these? Yeah, I am I'm, I'm for it. I, need I want something. one. Yeah. Hey, uh Ben Brown, I know you're listening. Hey Ben, let's work a deal out and get get me one of these carts. Come on,
4: Ben. Get off off your ass and do something
0: this week I was, uh, I, I, how about the hair bro yeah i bet she had wall-to-wall carpeting ben while you're at it get a device that lois
4: can get upstairs in wait a minute her, knee, her knees are really giving out on her
0: just so you know ben brown is a wwe archivist oh sorry and you think maybe he has something that they used to use
4: we need that chair, like, from, from uh, Gremlins.
0: Oh, I do. The chair that attaches to the banister and, and or, or the wall and takes you upstairs, I'm familiar with it. But the funniest meme in the history of the Internet is when I saw an old lady on one of those. Uh, and it was just a still shot of her sitting on the chair going up stairs. And it says, this shit drives me up the wall. <laughs> and I fucking laughed and laughed. It's the funniest shit ever. By the way, this black shit did not come off. He had to go through the airport the next day Mm. with a giant teddy bear. that he was taking home to his kids dressed like this. Because apparently as a rib, someone got rid of the solution that would remove it. Uh, Would that rib have
4: been? Yes, it would have been Mr. Perfect. Had to be. Yep.
0: Lots of debate about whether or not. This was racist for him to uh go into half blackface here. You know, I know it's easy for us to say different time. When you saw it in nineteen ninety, did you think it was racist? I did not. That was a different time.
4: Again, and I said it in jest about a black and white cookie being racist. That is absurd. But there are people out there who think that. Oh, I hope not. No, there are. There absolutely are.
0: Wait, a black and white cookie's racist?
4: Absolutely. Oh, Jesus. Absolutely. That's how absurd some people are these days. Now, in his promo, Roddy Piper had just said, you're going to deal with hot Rod or hot Scott. Mm -hmm. So he should have, to keep that in mind, he should have painted himself like half red or whatever color the the uh scotland flag is right yeah that, that's what he should have done but that of course is 30 years ago and what can you do about it now since roddy's not with it do not like bad news brown is with us either is he
0: uh no bad news brown is no longer with us uh, you All know in right. my research I, I had to double check roddy right I had the match. I came back, and the stuff they had painted me with, Vince had made special. So when I broke a sweat, it wouldn't come off. There was a special clear solution to take this special black off. And when I got there, the lady started rubbing my cheeks, and in about five minutes, I started bleeding. Andre the giant had taken the solution, poured it out, and replaced it with water. So now I'm in Toronto, half black, and I decided there's nothing much to do rather than go out drinking. And he says, ultimately, the way I got it off was I had to sit in the sauna. It took me a month of rubbing the stuff off. But what am I, I going to do? Go beat up Andre? <laughs> oh, well, to me, Mr. Perfect
4: would have done it. But Andre sounds right, too. Because Andre could get away with shit. Because as Piper just said, what am I going to do? Go beat up Andre? He could do all kinds of that shit. Because when Andre wanted to do something, there was nothing you could do. Nothing. They you know, The story about Andre is that if he didn't like it, he would sit on you, and he would really sit on you, and you, you couldn't do anything. So. Bad News Brown, pretty good working punch there.
0: These guys are underrated, really. I mean, as far as their not their matches, but just the the heat, the dynamic, the I mean, you really felt like, man, these guys really don't like each other. Right. And sometimes it's, you know, it just feels like, oh well, this is random wrestler A versus random wrestler B and they're gonna have a wrestling match. But here it just felt like it felt like Bad News Brown is just a mean old angry man who Right. Like he would be the guy in the neighborhood yelling at all the kids, get off my goddamn lawn, you know, shit like that. And then Roddy Piper's here talking shit. And that maybe there is the, the undercurrent of white versus black or whatever that they're trying to go for here. Um, with, with Roddy's painted 50, 50 look, but I don't know, as a kid, I thought, man, these guys really don't like each other. And that's what they were going for. And they checked the boxes.
4: Bad news. Brown had a great look and a great demeanor and a pretty damn good promo. So, yeah, I agree with all that. And again, there's some pretty good, I mean, some of the shit he did look pretty good. He wasn't maybe the most fluid guy and was more of a brawler than a wrestler. Watch out digging down the shorts. What's he got here? Is that a glove on
0: his hand? It's a Michael Michael Jackson style glove. Oh, okay. When he was backstage earlier, when he revealed the hot Scott and showed the half black side, he started like humming Billie Jean. Okay. So that's what he's going for is the Michael Jackson glove. And it's his answer to bad news, wearing the black glove. Got it. So since bad news is wearing the black glove, I'll wear a white glove and I'll wear it on my black hand. And I'll get it sparkly. And it'll look like that old Michael Jackson, you know, with the jump and the <gasps> beat it. Nah, And
4: didn't get away with it because bad news. Brown's got one on as well. Sure. You know, another, uh, thing you look at is why he's going to move. Boom. saw that one. One of the another sad thing is why isn't why is Roddy Piper just not with us? And Danny Davis. Shove your ass down, buddy. Uh oh, bring out the referees. What do you think of the referees in the powder blue shirts and the bow ties? I love it. I do too.
0: I think it feels very old school boxing.
4: It does. And it was very different than anybody else.
5: Rene Goulet,
4: Chief J Strongbow, Pat Patterson all come out. Chief J Strongbow doesn't get enough credit. Good, good man.
0: Liked him a lot. Can't believe you like this next bit, Terry
4: Garvin. You this next bit is absolutely fucking hilarious. You didn't like it?
0: <laughs> no, I just love that you like Steve Allen. Nobody yes. my age even knows who the fuck Steve Allen is.
4: Well, listen to it and you'll see how you'll see what comedic timing he had.
0: No, he was good. This is a good yeah. segment for sure. Right. probably the best thing the Bolsheviks ever did. <laughs> That's right. And the match right. is 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 less time, which is great. Here we go. Tracking. Track it, Tony. We're gonna track it. Okay,
4: do
11: it. Three, two, one. Oh, hi, folks. I'm here in this uh, appropriate acoustic environment to rehearse the Russian national anthem with my favorite Soviet Union tag team partners, Nikolai Volkov and Boris Yukov. You ready, guys? Okay, I don't plan to hit it that hard, but I'll do my best. I get no kick from Ukraine.
6: Hey, that's not the Russian national anthem.
11: I know that. It's just a little joke to warm up the crowd. Give us a break here. Okay, here we go. Hey! Hey yourself, I know it's not the Russian national anthem. What is it? You play the Polish national anthem. <laughs> well, send your postcards directly to him. Anyway, we're still warming up. Here we go now. A one and a two and... Perestroika and Glasnost, I dig them the utmost. And how is your sister tonight? Hey, it's getting hot for you, warming
12: up! Let's go! Enough with the
11: hay, no more Stalin. Okay, let's do one from the heart, folks. Let's do one for the homeland. Let's hear it from Mother Russia. Here we go. Hey! Hey, I don't believe you, take it easy. On that note, this is Steve Allen in the speed Stick Room, sending it back up to you, Jesse. I'm gonna get out of here. You can get killed around here. I'm going
0: what a great segment. Oh my God.
4: two things that killed me was when Nikolai said, Hey, and he went, Hey yourself.
0: That was good. <laughs> and how is your sister, your sister tonight?
4: <laughs> oh God. So coming up later, he's going to interview the honky tonk man and Greg Valentine. Oh God. Just <laughs> Steve Allen was a talented fucker, man. What were wow. you
0: doing at this show? Just beating off. No, I was in the backstage area. Beating off uh we we would
4: we would produce exclusive videos for coliseum video
0: that Hmm. you could see nowhere else so what did you produce on this show i can't remember of course shivani hey um i mentioned beating off because it came out in the group chat recently can we talk about beating off on this show Uh, don't we always so anyway um it came up in the group chat You know, everybody loved my grandpa taught me how to come in my hand. (laughs) And uh, for a few weeks ago from, uh, WCW folks can't survive. And it came up that, uh, Matt Coon beats off in a trash can.
4: I know you're looking for a reaction from that, but I have no idea what to tell you. (laughs)
0: what's your go-to you got like a sock you uh you got an old towel you're doing it on Uh, some tissues what's the what's the what's the go-to shivani when shivani takes matters into his own hands uh
4: i couldn't tell you
0: i feel like you're more like a solo cup guy like you go make a yoo-hoo and a solo cup enjoy your yoo-hoo watch a little mandalorian crank up some Whitney on uh porn And then when it's time to crank your tractor, you just fire it off in the now empty you who, so look throw it away. No fuss, no muss. We uh, used, we call that, what? we call that Thursday in Marietta. Yep.
4: Okay. Do you realize that more than any of your, your other, uh, podcasts, we have the worst, probably visuals.
0: Oh, of course. Yes.
4: Do you The UNR talking about jacking off.
0: Yes. You do. Yes. Usually during a blue cheese spot and involves Kevin Sullivan walking around trying to whack his meat off everything in the, in the building. By the way, the bell just rang. We're going to set up for a finish. I'm going to play. I'm going to track it. Beat up right. on defenseless
12: people. I can't believe it. Look at this. this. It's over. Oh, beautiful. job Bonner hit there.
0: Over. what a quick turn for the heart foundation bret hart such a capable performer not really getting his chance to shine here as part of this tag team with just a couple seconds against the bolsheviks of course the heart foundation have been one of the great tag teams for a long long time but they don't really get to show much here against the bolsheviks but that's sort of the price you pay when you've got a 14 match card you know some of the stuff's gonna have to be quick and and this was a perfect example of that, of course, next year in nineteen ninety-one, we're gonna see him win the Intercontinental title for Mr. Perfect in quite a match at Madison Square Garden. And things start to really turn around for him. The following year, he'd be the world champion, beating Ric Flair, and he's off to the races. But here in nineteen ninety, just a few seconds here on WrestleMania. Oh, I love this. Let me play this. Track it.
12: Damn, sign up Super Bowls, the World Series Shatter all past Coliseum attendance records on March 24, 1991. Join the more than 100,000 fans who will be part of the biggest WrestleMania extravaganza of all time. California, here we come.
0: I love that promo because they're promoting the LA Coliseum, the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, on Sunday, March 24, 1991. They're also saying this is going to be the event that will shatter all Coliseum attendance records. More than a hundred thousand fans. Of course, as we remember, they wind up canceling that, moving it indoors uh, to a much smaller venue, uh, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the attendance. And of course they would say, oh, it's because of the Iraq war threats and perhaps some of that played into it, but they were not going to sell that thing. Even 50% of the way out. And because it's the only WrestleMania like this in history that happened, uh, I thought it was a cool little. Uh, collector's item when I found a very rare, uh, I, I think there's only a handful of these produced poster promoting WrestleMania seven at the Coliseum. It's got a drawing of the Coliseum and four flags, uh, it shows the WrestleMania six or seven logo rather on the front of the Coliseum. And the flags are orange and blue of the ultimate warrior. And then like a blue and white WWF and then the yellow and red Hulk Hogan or Hulk rules, and then a red flag that says WrestleMania seven and I thought it was the coolest wrestling collectible ever. And several years ago, uh, my wife got it for me for Christmas and had it framed up a mint example. It's one of the only things that's uh, wrestling related that I display proudly here in the Conradison. Uh, what a fucking cool little footnote in history to think about such a big show that was moved. And the only other person I know who even has one of those posters is Bruce Pritchard. And he. When he saw how excited I was about mine, he decided to dig around in his attic and he found it another great example. Uh, cause the difference between him and you, of course, is he'll actually go in the attic and look for stuff for me. I
4: saw that one coming all the way down to Mississippi.
1: There you go. Yep. Track it, track it. Opponent, the Barbarian, can make that same transition from tag team to singles competition.
3: I don't know, Mean Gene. He's one of the greatest physical specimens I have ever seen. And with that rodent manager of his, he's a double threat. I'll have to keep my eyes on both of them,
1: but I will survive. Arriba! All right, let's get back out to ringside.
0: There you see Tito Santana headed down. Arriba. You know, he was legitimately like no kidding around Dave Silva's favorite wrestler growing up.
4: Yeah. I think I've heard that story.
0: I just think it's cool that, you know, and that was clearly what Vince was going for. Even his dad, you know, back in the, the WWWF days where you would have, Hey, we've got Bruno for the Italian fans and Hey, we got Pedro. And I mean, he, he had different sort of ethnicities, whatever you were into, you know, you, you want an Irish guy, got you one. You want a Polish guy, got you one. You're an Italian guy, got you one. And, uh, here in the eighties and nineties, Tito Santana is here for little Hispanic kids like Dave Silva, Silva. And it was his favorite dude, man.
4: Nothing wrong with that. And, uh, decades before that it was Pedro Morales. Absolutely. So, yeah, I like it. Also, I, I think I need to say here because you always, uh, for you, hog watchers out there, what for you, hog watchers out there, Tito Santana, What
0: are you, I think, what are I you think, uh, right I there?
4: think really had a low key, big hog,
0: Wait a minute. are you,
4: the... I think so. Just a minute. It, yeah. A lot, a lot of times it's the, but, it's the, it's the color of the trunks that accentuate the hog. But you... Just a few minutes ago. You're, Notice it. You, I mean, it's but you, it's gigantic. But uh, it's like a chorizo.
0: Just a couple of minutes ago, you were busting my balls because we were talking about how you sometimes beat off into a solo cup, oh, watching see, Whitney uh, Wright after you uh, chug a yuho. Yeah, and, and how Matt Coon is is right. definitely well.
4: That's that's just talking stories. What I'm doing here is a visual. That you can't watch this match without noticing a low-key big hog. You can't.
0: I've never know. I've seen this match a hundred times. I've never noticed.
4: Well, notice now, my God, my God, it's bulging out there. I just, uh, you know, here's the deal. Sometimes you just, you you do what you can. You can't hide it. I would think I've never had that problem. So, uh, anyway, boy, the barbarian tough guy. Ooh. just an observation. I just like to make observations on this. Look at that. He went down.
0: I don't know what's going on here.
4: Oh yeah, you do. It's, it's life, man. It's, it's life.
0: Can I, uh, Can I tell you, I've discovered something at my house. Yeah, please. A, uh, a realtor friend of mine posted something on social media showing this little thing that you can hang on your door and it will keep your dogs from barking and going absolutely fucking bonkers at the door. My God. Really? It's it's like a dog whistle, but in reverse. So you can like set it to low And whenever they start to go nuts, it puts out this tone that we can't hear, but they do, and it makes them not want to bark. So I thought, well, that sounds like bullshit. And I went and looked it up on Amazon. Turns out it's legit has a ton of great reviews. So I tried it and Kevin Sullivan at my house went from going nuts 4,000 times a day to like twice a day. Wow. Yeah. So I liked it so much that now I'm getting it for the garage door and the front door and my bathroom door. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to have these fucking things all over where I'll be able to hopefully have a normal conversation without it sounding like I'm Ace Ventura. Mm.
4: Well, I got a feeling about that. What?
0: You need to let those
4: dogs bark. That's part of their natural habitat.
0: Hey, speaking of natural habitat, that's what they do. Okay. So is that what you do with Lois? You just let her be in her natural habitat. Let her do what she does. Yes, I do. Here's the other thing you need to know about my dogs. All right. Okay. My wife takes them to the goddamn beauty shop once a month. (laughs) They come home with haircuts that cost more than my own fucking haircut. (laughs) And they've got goddamn blowouts and their nails trimmed. Sometimes they got fucking bows in their hair and painted toenails. (laughs) These are fucking dogs, bro. And you're over here talking to me about let them bark. <laughs> they got puffy feet and skinny legs. And I mean, just they got Afro's and one of my dogs had a goddamn top knot for a year, it, had, I
4: know baby did
0: baby had a fucking top knot for a year.
4: It was so cute.
0: And you're over here talking about let them bark.
4: You need to let them bark. That's what they do.
0: Well, we should let them, you know, have normal fucking haircuts too. <laughs> And we should probably also only let them piss and shit outside and not be like puppy pad training fucking grown dogs. There's a lot of weird shit happening in my house since I'm married now. You well, hear me?
4: Yeah, well, yeah, I get it. So you need to address this with Megan and not me.
0: No, I ain't addressing shit. If I've learned <laughs> anything from you, it's just let them do whatever they want until you can't <laughs> take it anymore. And then just walk downstairs and say, is this the kitchen or a goddamn landfill? And then duck and get in your new fucking Ford Explorer. And haul ass to dynamite. <laughs> How's that? Uh, wow.
5: <laughs> hey Jesus.
0: Are you ready for what's coming up next? I uh, don't think Rebels I am. And Sapphire. I cannot wait oh, to yes. play the audio from this. You know what we're going to do when, when we see dusty on screen, Uh, we're going to track it. And here we see back at the Royal rumble, Bruce Pritchard as brother love giving Juanita, AKA Sapphire, all the shit she can handle. Macho King does a run in. Oh, and dusty tries to make the save and he gets bumped for his trouble. (sniffs) Oh, double ax handle off the top on the floor. And how about Juanita going for the ride? A little piggyback ride on the macho King. Bruce pulls her down by her hair. That was hurtful. You see the ultimate challenge special, uh, this past week, sort of a countdown for WrestleMania. And they see Sherry on the back of dusty Sapphire pulls her down and we've got an old school cat fight here with Sapphire and Sherry Martel. This is like a bizarre version of Beulah and Francine in ACW. <laughs>
4: uh, nothing like a hair beel
0: Hair Hairbills are the best. Mm-hmm. I bet you probably... That's the reason there's all that hair at your house. I bet Lois has been hairbilling the dogs around.
7: What do you mean you're a liberal? Here we go. Here we go. Track it. Dusty Rhodes and at his side, not only his manager, but today his tag team partner, Sapphire. Ooh, no, daddy, you got that all wrong. This is... Sweet Sapphire, and this is a common man.
1: And you ain't gonna see no common man. Dusty rose, motivating to the ring, sitting on a throne, pretending to be king. And you ain't gonna see no sweet Sapphire standing by my side with a crown on her head, pretending to be
2: queen. Cause there ain't no king and queen no more. Oh, that's right, honey. So Savage...
1: If you and Cher want to be crowned, me and Sapphire can get the job done because we know what you're missing. You're missing the most important element in royalty. What you're missing is what we got the crown jewel, baby. Whoa, come on, let's show them what we mean, baby. Yay.
7: Crown jewel.
12: I'm not sure what he meant either, Jess.
4: Dusty yes, made everything work.
0: Yes, he did
4: as silly as the polka dot yellow and black gimmick was, he made it work. The macho King. I thought, I thought of all the Randy Savage things. I love the macho King as much as anything else. Cause he made that work too. Yes, he did with the scepter and the queen sensational queen Sherry. Hell of a look, this uh, capacity crowd, huh?
0: Hell of a look. Dude, look at that. That's cool, man. I love that motherfucker. Macho king. Man, I love the macho man. Don't get me wrong, but I I think I might love the macho king as much or more.
4: Yeah, I think we're kind of, we're saying the same thing.
0: I, uh, I've always loved the look of him with the scepter and that crown. He had the coolest crown of them all. Of course, he didn't want the same type of crown everybody else had. He got a custom one and some bootleggers have started to remake these in recent years. And I think you can get a set that looks identical to what he's sporting there, the crown and the scepter for like, I don't know, six or $700. Mm. And part of me is like, man, I got to get that. Then the other part's like, what the fuck am I going to do with it when I get it? So, what do you, what
4: do it. you do with any of your, any of the shit that you, that you get?
0: Well, that's the thing. So, mostly what I'm trying to chase these days is like real ring stuff. And then I'll find some sort of cool way to display it. But you're exactly right. I've wound up flipping most of the ring use wrestling stuff I've collected over the years, just because it becomes a, what am I going to do with it?
4: Well, you what you need to do is, uh, you need to, uh, find a, a place and you need to have yourself a, uh, a museum.
0: Why would I do that?
4: Because, it, because then Huntsville will become a destination for wrestling fans. But, but why, wow. would I
0: do, why, why would I do that?
4: To make money. You dumbass. See, that's what you, that's what your life's about.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Okay. it's not a lie.
4: <laughs> Come to Huntsville. He has the Oz robe, the real one. You can put it on. Not anymore. For a
0: hundred dollars. I'm not running a fucking wrestling museum, okay. but I, I will have uh, you,
4: Hey, you don't have to get Chris McDonald. Chris McDonald ain't doing shit in
0: Canada. It's true. Get him to come down and run it for you. Well, here's what I'd like to do. I, I am looking forward to when we have our low key big hog get together, hopefully in July. Uh, I've got a, a new Ric Flair robe that I haven't even told you about or shown you. Oh my God. I'm looking forward to that
4: one little dusty sign before the sign era. And here he comes, buddy. So I think this is a good idea. I know there's a room at the uh, Von Braun center that they would, they would give you why are you saying things like this because you're conrad thompson and on this show and on all your shows well on this show you're conrad thompson shit disturber on your other shows you're conrad thompson uh contrarian but in huntsville you're conrad fucking thompson i've never said anything like that no i know you haven't you
0: don't have to it's what you call common knowledge. <laughs> Speaking of common knowledge, how about the common man here? I'm gonna, I'm gonna track it, track it.
12: A lot of scores to be settled here. Dusty just chased the Macho King right out of there. Stop the music! Stop the music! oh! Oh yeah! I got something for you tonight, baby!
10: Oh, no! You
12: know what? I and Sapphire know what
3: you're missing in royalty! We know what you don't got, and we got! We got the crowd, too!
12: The First Lady of the World Wrestling Federation, Miss Elizabeth! Elizabeth! What?
8: What is she doing
12: here? The first lady of the World Wrestling Federation former manager of
8: the Macho King, Elizabeth.
0: What a big moment. What a big pop from Miss Elizabeth. It's amazing that she was and I, Lord, I don't mean to be uh dismissive here, but it's amazing she was this over when realistically it's not like she's done a lot of spectacular promos or bumps or anything like that she just had a presence where less is more and man they just did it just right with her where you felt like she was this special person that should be celebrated and you should sort of put her on a pedestal and i don't know it's just they handled her so differently than the way we've seen maybe any other woman in history handled in wrestling yeah you're right She was
4: special. They made her seem special. She was positioned perfectly. I thought, I remember doing that one promo with her at on uh, challenge or maybe superstars, and it was completely scripted out by Vince, what I said and what she said, and she followed it to a T and it was less is more with her.
0: That was my point. She didn't have to do anything like everybody else has to really work hard to get your attention. She doesn't have to do anything and, and she's going to be in a big spot. Pretty remarkable.
4: I, um, I thought about something too, as Dusty was, was grabbed the microphone in his illustrious career. And of course, you know, Dusty didn't have many more years after this wrestling.
0: Yeah. Just a handful.
4: Right. This is, this is the biggest crowd Dusty ever wrestled in front of.
0: Yeah. How about that? Well, it's also too, you know. By the way, I love seeing him rock these white and yellow boots. Piece of my, uh, favorite piece of my collection. Cause those to me are like the iconic dusty roads boots. Cause it's probably what I grew up on, but my first live WWF show, well, we've talked about it a lot on the show that my dad used to take me to a lot of WCW slash NWA stuff. Cause you guys would run TV tapings in Montgomery. And at the time I lived in Prattville, which is a suburb of Montgomery. So it was easy for us to just pop over and somewhere at mom's house is a photo of, a eight or nine year old Conrad with, uh, the Z man. And I'll get that to you whenever mom finds it. Cause I know it's a personal favorite of yours. I'm sure, mm-hmm. but, uh, the first ever main event of a WWF show I saw was here at the Von Braun center, right down the street from where I live now. And on top in the main event, it was the macho King versus dusty Rhodes. And I, I mean, I'll remember that show like it was yesterday forever we were on the floor about 13 rows back of course at the time i didn't know that meant oh you're not going to see shit but uh of course when the wrestlers came out me being a little dumbass i would run over to the guardrail and i got to touch the macho man and as a little kid it's such a big deal when you could reach out and touch your favorite wrestler like i don't know what you thought was going to happen but you just assumed you were going to like be transported or some shit. I don't know. Like this guy's got magical powers. I got to reach out and touch. And then you grow up and you're like, what the fuck was that about? But still the macho man turned around and did his little finger in my eye and, you know, tried to quote unquote, get the heat on me. And my little eight year old ass was freaking the fuck out. Such a big moment in my wrestling fandom. So watching this match back hits me in all the feels.
8: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: You know, I, I, I get it because when I was a fan and we would go to the Greensboro Coliseum or the Roanoke Civic Center or the Richmond Coliseum, we would always get tickets that were ringside tickets. But we wanted the ringside tickets because the ringside tickets at those venues would, like maybe the first four or five rows of ringside were on the floor and then they would be on risers. You know, Mm -hmm. so we would be up, we would be like right behind, but we would be up a little bit where we didn't have to look over people's heads. And we always wanted the tickets where the heels walked out right there on the corner because we wanted to be close to him. I didn't do that goofy shit. You did reach out and touch him or anything like that. But I was, I was always right there on the side where they walked out so I could be close to him, see him up close, walk out. Yep. That's how, that's how, that's where I, that's where I set all the time.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the macho man. What a fucking run he had. You talked about, this is the biggest crowd that dusty worked in front of. And by the way, what a cool way to sort of wind down your career, working with the macho man at WrestleMania. Sure. Uh, but the macho man, man, he'd been on such a tear WrestleMania too. He was in a big feud. And of course, miss Elizabeth is right in the center of that, but he's working against George, the animal steel. But then you want to talk about turning the volume up WrestleMania three. It's him against Ricky, the dragon steamboat, and arguably the greatest intercontinental title match ever. Certainly the best WrestleMania match at that point ever. They just tore it up WrestleMania four. He's going to win the world title and be celebrating at the end of the pay-per-view in the ring, posing with Hulk Hogan WrestleMania five. He's on top working with Hulk Hogan WrestleMania six. He's working with dusty Rhodes here. WrestleMania seven, it's a retirement match with the ultimate warrior WrestleMania eight. It's the world title match versus Ric Flair. Unbelievable run that the macho man had for whatever reason. He always found himself in a very, very good spot at WrestleMania.
4: And that's because of a couple of things. Number one, he could work. Number two, he could do a promo and number three, he was always a pro. He was always dressed, ready to go. He did whatever they asked of him. I know because, it, and I've said, I think I've said this before on this on this podcast. When we would get there to do uh, to do interviews that day, and there was a lot of interviews going on in the backstage area. That in England, they had uh, pre-tapes. They had English one, English two, international one, international two. They had like five interview sets in the back, and you wanted the guys to get there and get in their gimmicks. You never had to ask Randy to do that. He was always ready to go. He was a professional of the utmost. And so that's why he got the run. I mean, you obviously had to be able to to do it, but the scepter.
0: Boy, he's going to crack that motherfucker over the ultimate warrior's head in a big way one day. All this stuff, this is my shit, man. This is my timeline. Who's the one that, uh,
4: who's the one that wanted the time codes? What's his name? Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne. 137, 138, 01, 138, 03, 138, 04, fucker.
0: (laughs) Oh, you want something from me? All right, here it is, you fucker.
4: Oh, go Sherry! Ain't gonna knock a double coconut for the Macho Man. You could, you could do that with Sherry, man. I think I've asked you this before. She's in the Hall of Fame, isn't she? Yes, she is. Thank God.
0: She deserves it.
4: You damn right, she does.
0: You deserve it too, buddy. Please stop that. Why? Please stop that. You're going in. I'm going in. Watch out. I hope they. I hope they do a, a AEW Hall of Fame and and you and Jr. going first. <laughs> well, you gotta with you guys. You know you don't want to put you in po- uh, posthumously, so you gotta hurry. <sighs> what? Living with Lois is high risk, man. <laughs> you she can come across that head with a fucking frying pan any day now. Yes, when I'm not looking. But, I mean, that could be all she wrote, buddy. Mm-hmm. Bing. Elizabeth rolled her in. Hey, so you, you never told us as we're watching these guys tear it up here.
4: <laughs> huh. That's some funny shit going on in the ring right now. There you go, school boiler. School. Whoa! One, two... Three one well, of the fans erupted on that one, didn't they?
0: They were ready for it,
4: Wow, wow, all right, what kind of dumbass story were you getting ready to tell?
0: Well, you've teased us, but you haven't told us you know um what what what's your beat off routine? I ain't got one. What do you mean? I'm an old man. you don't do that shit anymore. okay, well, back when you were whacking and jacking, and you were hanging and banging in Venice Beach, brother. Were you, were you firing off into a tissue paper towel? You I can't, sock. Re-
4: I can't, it's been so long ago. I can't remember.
0: I got to tell you, I felt like you really did a little life hack when you would start with the, you who chug the, you who watching the old porn hub. And then when you see that somebody's about to hit their finish on Whitney, you just meow, meow, right into the cup. No fuss, no muss. Is that what it sounds like? Meow, meow. I figure it does with you. Just because you like sci-fi or whatever. And so they don't have like bullets in space. It's like laser guns. He got the
4: macho, macho man got the crown back on
0: <laughs> Of course. He does <laughs> see a pro man. How about Elizabeth dancing? You think Juanita could make some good biscuits back in the day. Hmm. Juanita could cook. I'm gonna tell you, nice lady. You got any good Juanita stories? I forget that you knew her. I have none. Cool. Thanks, man. You're welcome. I can make
4: them up if you want.
0: Well, that's what I was hoping for. Okay,
4: one time she cooked me biscuits in the back. We had some honey and we had some uh, blackberry jam, and we had real butter. Had a whole plate of them. She cooked them for me. Man, that was awesome. I said, said, "You got any orange juice?" That she said, "Orange juice? We don't drink no freaking orange juice." And we had some bourbon.
0: Y'all had biscuits and bourbon. Biscuits and bourbon. Oh, here's the WrestleMania e's. promo. Super Bowls, the World Series,
12: the Olympics, and now the fight of WrestleMania 7. The event that will shatter all past Coliseum attendance records on March 24, 1991. Join the more than 100,000 fans who will be
3: part of the biggest WrestleMania extravaganza of all time. California, here we come!
0: Two of those promos now. And here's Bobby Heenan. What do you think he's saying? Bobby Heenan, you and Andre the Giant... Just had a confrontation
4: in the ring and you're all sweaty. Don't you tell me anything about by him. Let me tell you something about Tony Schiavone. That fucker right now is in the backstage area here somewhere. He's getting ready to fucking leave. And he's a fucking idiot. And I told him he should stay Schiavone. And he said, no, I'm going to leave. And I said, good. I'll get my job of challenge back. Yeah. We're glad he's gone too. Yeah. Everybody's glad he's gone. The fact is that pretty soon you and me, Gene are going to follow him to WCW. And then we're all going to be fucking miserable. Why? Because we're going to realize WCW is nothing like the company here. The fact is, we're all going to be pissed off that we're back at WCW. But we're going to be making a great living. Great living. It doesn't matter. Making a great living. The, the, what matters is professionalism. What matters is organization. What matters is let me do my shit. And that at WCW, they're not going to let us do our shit. And eventually, they're going to fire me. That's right. And eventually, they're going to go out of business. And eventually, you and I are going to be dead. Well, everybody's going to be dead, you fucker. Get out of here, and let's go back to the ring. No, let's go to this. Track it.
12: Track it. Please welcome with me Hollywood's own Rona Barrett. Hi, Gorilla.
9: and Lovely to be here. Can you believe it, having two bookends like this? Well,
12: Rona, I understand that there's some talk around that you have some tidbits of information concerning some of our own.
9: Well, I have to first tell you, it's very difficult coming up with information on you people. You're kind of got very clean images. Yeah,
12: but if anybody could come up with something, I know you could.
9: Well, being the investigative reporter that I am, I have uncovered a very interesting little piece of film about someone who seems to be in very close proximity to us.
12: Uh, You resemble that remark, Jess. You're talking to me?
9: Well, I... You think think you have
12: something on Jesse the Body Ventura film? What'd you see? Predator? Running Man?
9: Well, I'll tell you the truth. It was a little piece of film from sort of the Adult library variety? Wait a
12: minute. X rated Wait, to wait a minute.
9: Well, there was this photograph of this guy in this film, and I must say. You're talking
12: about Sylvester Stallone, right?
9: No, in fact, I brought the film with me, so let's. We have let's the footage. Let's roll, let's roll it. Wait
12: a minute, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go to Sean Mooney. Sean is standing by with the, the Macho
7: King and Sensational oh, Sherry. Sean, go ahead. Footage. The footage. With me, the Macho King, along with Sensational Queen Sherry and Macho King Randy Savage. You got a lot more than you expected in this match, especially with the appearance of the crown jewel, Miss Elizabeth.
3: You hit the nail on the head.
6: And you better get on the phone and call somebody, because suffering builds
3: character in the American dream. I didn't think that you deserved my full attention, but mind games are my thing, yeah. And suffering builds character,
7: and you're gonna learn a lot of character, and the crown jewel doesn't exist. Macho King, Macho King, we know you're fired up, but what does the future hold for the Macho King and the Queen of the World Wrestling Federation sensation? It'll never happen again.
6: We'll never be embarrassed
3: again, and I guarantee you the American dream We'll feel the wrath of the Macho King and the Sensational Queen. You sealed the nails on the you-know-what, and the crown jewel doesn't exist. And I got you. I got all of you now. This one is far
7: from over. Let's go to Mean Gene Okerlund. tell you
1: Well, I've got the feeling uh, somebody is going to be spending some very unpleasant time with Sensational Queen Sherry. Here's a couple of guys. They're going to be it, us. Get it, get it. Brand new champions of the we world. They are indeed... Axe and smash from Demolition, and gentlemen, something else, you've got to be happy. Whoa, Gene Oakland, you know what it's like when you got that biggest and baddest dude tied up in the ropes, and you got Haku
6: on your knee, and you look up at your partner. You get goosebumps all over your body because you see victory. This is what it's all about. So no matter where it is or who it is, Bring it on because we're ready. Isn't that right, Axe? Wait
1: a minute, gentlemen. I you know, I've got to bring up the names of the Heart Foundation. Not only bring have... up the Heart Foundation, but right now this is a natural high. You know something, Gene? We won these
6: belts for the third time. I didn't think it would get any pleasant, any more sweet, but it is. The first time and the second time, we were odds-on favorites. This time, there are a few doubters out there. 70,000-plus people witnessed the match. Some of them didn't think we could do it. But this man and myself, we knew we'd get the belts. We can't even celebrate, because as soon as we get the championship, you got the Heart Foundation. They want a chance at the gold. You come after it, because we're the champions, and we're going to stay the champions. All
1: right, I thank you, gentlemen, heading for an Up With People Ah. concert to celebrate. They are demolition. Jesse, Guerrilla, let's get back to you.
12: Some important things have gone down already, Jess. Uh, New tag team champions here in the World Wrestling Federation. Absolutely. Predicted. Absolutely. Gorilla important things have gone down. I noticed you put a few down during oh, the break. Oh, incidentally, Jess, during the break, I went back. The director showed me the footage that Rona had brought. And believe me, there was nothing. There was nothing to speak of, anyway. Good. You know what's coming? Absolutely. You know, the ultimate challenge, the, the ultimate big one, what everybody's been waiting for.
1: Let's go back to ringside. Hulk Hogan, the greatest World Wrestling Federation champion of all time. Here we are at WrestleMania six. The waiting's over. Here comes the ultimate challenge.
3: You know something, Mean Gene? You
1: don't have to remind me and my Hulkamaniacs
3: that at Sky Dome, we're going to face the ultimate challenge, brother. When we crossed the border from the United States of America to Canada, I was hovering over Sky Dome, brother. I saw what was beneath me, man. I saw the greatest arena of all times where the ultimate challenge will take place. And as we landed, brother... Nothing but stark raving Hulkamaniacs were there to greet me at the airport. Nothing but positive vibes, man. Hulkamania is running wild like it's never ran before. But the ultimate warrior, you must realize that when you step in the sky dome, when you feel the energy that's gonna run wild throughout the arena, those are my people. That's my energy, brother. And Ultimate Warrior, this is where the power lies, man, in the power of the holster, the largest arms in the world. And once I get you down on your knees, Ultimate Warrior, I'm going to ask you one question, brother. I'm going to ask you, do you want to live forever? And if your answer is yes, Ultimate Warrior, then breathe your last breath into my body. I can save you. My Hulkamaniacs can save you. We can turn the darkness that you live in into the light. We can save all your little warriors with the training, the prayers, and the vitamins. But I gotta prove one thing to all my Hulkamaniacs out there. It's not whether you win or whether you lose. The only thing that matters is what kind of winner you are or what kind of loser you are. And Ultimate Warrior, I sure hope you're a good loser, brother. What you gonna do in Sky Dome when the largest arms in the world
1: in Hulkamania
3: destroys you?
1: All right, the time is now, Holster. Thank you. Standing by, Sean Mooney. Thank you, Mean
7: Gene. I'm with the reigning intercontinental champion, the Ultimate Warrior.
1: You old- are nothing
3: but a normal... You don't deserve to breathe the same air that I and Hulk Hogan do! Hulk Hogan, I must ask you now, as you asked me, Do you, Hulk Hogan, want your ideas, your beliefs to live forever? For Hulk Hogan, in this normal world, physically, none of us can live forever! But the places you have taken the Hulkamaniacs, the ideas and the beliefs you have given them, can live through me, Hulk Hogan. That is why I breathe. That is why the warriors have come. Hulk Hogan, there are ones that question where you are taking them. Do you no longer want to walk or step into that darkness? Hulk Hogan, the darkness I speak of is nothing of fear. It is about the beliefs of accepting any and all challenges at the cost of losing everything, Hulk Hogan. You have lived, Hulk Hogan, for the last five WrestleManias for this one belief. Now, Hulk Hogan, I come to take what you believe in further than you ever could. I come, Hulk Hogan, not to destroy the Hulkamaniacs and Hulkamania. I come, Hulk Hogan, to bring the Warriors and Hulkamaniacs together as one. As we, Hulk Hogan, accept all the challenges with all the strengths of the Warriors and the Hulkamaniacs together. Hulk Hogan, the colors of the Hulkamaniacs are coming through the pores of my skin. And Hulk Hogan, when we meet Hulk Hogan, I will look at you and you will realize then that I have come to do no one no harm, but only Hulk Hogan. To take what we both believe in to places it shall never have been.
0: What What do you think of those
4: promos, buddy? They're pretty heavy, man. Darkness and the Warriors and everything. I don't know where they were going with this, But but the people bought it, didn't
0: they? Oh, yeah. You know, ultimately it's not going to be a hit long-term, but dude, you know how many people were huge Ultimate Warrior fans, myself included? Daniel Bryan, of all people, has said that that was his favorite wrestler growing up, and one of the reasons he wanted to be a wrestler. Daniel Bryan. How about that?
4: And it's like normally, it was out of the norm for wrestling interviews. They talked more about mystical stuff. And, of course, as we mentioned on this program, uh, we had no idea that the warrior was Indian. a Native American, right?
0: Right, yeah. Well, it's definitely uh, uh, an Indian gimmick. But I didn't know that. Did you know that at that time? Yeah. Really? Yeah.
4: I thought he was just some sort of guy that painted himself up, like, like the road warriors. I didn't realize it was... I mean, if you would have why? talked about Native go, Americans whoa, whoa, whoa. and tribes and shit like that,
0: I, I think I like that he didn't that he didn't hit you over the head with it the way Tatanka did the whole yeah 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 bullshit right and like like many of the Lord did you see the yeah yes sir. yes I did how did you know? sell that mm, by the way it's <laughs> <this> fucking <laughs> rocker gear we got to do this so hey what do you guys want why don't you just like go down to Michael's get a bunch of like, uh, paint and then just splatter it all over some yellow shit and then just fringe out the sleeves. Perfect. <laughs> like this is the fuck you and I can create this gear they're wearing right now. <laughs> it's literally just take a yellow shirt and like sling paint all over it and then write your name on the back. Yeah. bedazzled. dazzled. This is horrible. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. This is so, you know, what's funny is I used to sort of mock. That, uh, or not, I, it was Bruce Pritchard used to mock that the rockers and the rock and roll express. He's like, oh, the rock and roll express is just a poor man. Rockers. Mm. Uh, look no. at what they're wearing right here, buddy. <laughs> Ricky and Robert had better looking shit than this. And they did it themselves too. Yep. Isn't it amazing to see a young Shawn Michaels and a young Bret Hart on this show?
4: Yeah, it's. Wow. Because you and I just recently saw an older version of Shawn Michaels against Ric Flair.
0: Oh, yeah, on Patreon. Patreon.com mm-hmm. forward slash WHW Monday. Mm-hmm. We watched the retirement match. What a special moment that was. Speaking of special moments, the internet has had a ton of special moments lately with uh, the new Netflix series, Tiger King. Where are you at on this, Tony? I watched the first episode last night. What'd you think? <sighs> Wow. Would it surprise you to hear that? He also promoted a wrestling show in 2016 at the zoo. It, it would not s- surprise me at all. Would it surprise you to hear that gender Mahal was on the card huh. as was Robbie E that, uh, wow. And former NWA world champion, Tim storm. Jesus. dude, it is sweeping the nation. Oh yeah. It's tiger insanity. And it makes me think, you know what? We need to just do a gimmick with you, right? Tony exotic. Mm-hmm. And we could call you the slapdick King.
4: Well, you know, you've come up with some great ideas in your life, but that ain't one of them.
0: All right. What about Conrad exotic podcast King? I love it. But listen, Tony exotic dog hair King. Oh, well that might work. Hey, uh, real quick. Got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's something illegal that you've done and gotten away with? This was recently on Reddit and it went viral. So I'm going to ask you, what is something illegal that you've done and gotten away with smoked joint mm. back
4: in college, 1977. First joint I ever had.
0: Well, the, uh, the most popular answer I saw here was, again, the question is what is something illegal that you've done and gotten away with my most favorite answer I saw. So, you know how some people have bowls of candy with a take one sign out for Halloween? (laughs) Well, I fucked the dead moose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that got all over me. Well, I, uh,
4: I have some uh, very good friends that live in rural Georgia.
0: Oh, are you talking about Corey Ryan Forrester? Uh, he lives in, I, he lives outside of, uh, Chickamauga.
4: Okay. Now this is like, <clears throat> it, it gets, uh, it gets scarier. The more South you go. Chickamauga is up. You know, and I know it's up around, um, Chattanooga, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but i in, at least by the way, I think, uh, that it gets scarier when it is further South you go. Um, so you Okay. Yeah, I just got a text from Cody. Sorry. So anyway, here I'm, I'm also looking for this. Uh, the guy, uh, a friend of mine uh, from rural Georgia, sent me a a copy of the front page of a local. And I, I probably should have put this on. I, I, I tell you what, I'll put this on on our uh, on Patreon so you can read it. Clinch County News. Okay. Man arrested for having sex with a chicken. It's not a mock-up funny joke headline. It's true. And if you read the story, the reason they arrest him because he videotaped it. There you go. It's where we live in.
0: Why would you videotape that?
4: I, that's what I'm saying. I'll put that on Patreon. So you can enjoy that.
0: When did you know that, uh, shit, Mm -hmm. we'll get deep with Corona. Uh,
4: when, when the NCAA
0: canceled their tournament. Hmm. To me, it was when 360 waffle houses closed. Whoa. Cause I've always joked and I've, I've said this to you when we were at a waffle house once. Why do they have locks on the doors at Waffle House? And you said, what do you mean? And I said, well, fuck, they're open on Christmas. They're open on New Year's. They're open on Thanksgiving. They're open 24-7, 365. Why even bother putting locks in? Well, I guess it's for now because 360 of them closed, which made a friend of mine tweet out, look me in the eye and tell me that everything's going to be okay by Easter when I know they just closed 360 Waffle Houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: I get that. Does that mean that not all of them are closed, just 360 of them, right? 360
0: more. of them. Right. There's like 2000 that remain.
4: Right. Yeah, I get that. We went to home Depot the other day and they, they had to stand outside where they only let like so many in at a time. So that's kind of wacky too.
0: Our great friend what? of the show, Corey Ryan Forrester, he's, uh, He's living on a strict taco bell diet right now. Hmm. He said the other day that some, one of the people in the drive-thru said, uh, Hey, enjoy your meal, Stay safe. And he's like, buddy, I left quarantine for taco bell. I don't give a shit about nothing. You want to give Dwayne a down here? Yeah. Here we go, you fucker.
4: 201, 32, 33, 34, 35. And if you're not there, Dwayne, then you're behind or ahead. What do you think of the Orient Express?
0: Well, I don't think you could use that name now. I know. But I think Pat Sanaka's is low key one of the most entertaining sort of underneath guys in the history of the business. I agree. He's like, uh, an Asian George South. He never had a bad match. Supposedly, according to the rumor and innuendo, the rockers are, uh, well, a little worse for wear. Supposedly they'd been partying pretty big. Oh, well, I would imagine they
4: would. Wouldn't you imagine two good looking guys like that had a lot of partying to do?
0: The rumor in innuendo is that, uh, <laughs> wow. I-, I think somewhere on commentary gorilla says the rockers look lethargic today. So it's a baby face announcer bearing a baby face team. Wow. Supposedly they didn't show up in their best condition. Not that they were uh, drunk. Maybe they were just hung over, but they also hadn't been getting along. Uh, apparently at a TV, they both showed up like a month or two prior to this. They both showed up battered and bruised because they got in a fight with each other in real life. And of course, Vince is pissed off at this, pulls them off WrestleMania completely because they look like shit and replaces them with the Bolsheviks. But they make their way back on the card, but then wind up losing to the Orient Express. But imagine the original plan for this show, Rocker's Heart Foundation. That would have been tremendous. Sure would have been.
4: It had been a little bit longer than uh, whatever 10 seconds it was or they had come up with for the hard Foundation Bolsheviks match.
0: How how terrible is it that in this era they always had Asian heels like sort of tiptoe and sneak up behind you and then throw salt in your eyes? Could that be any more fucking stereotypical? Watch out. Track it.
11: Track it. ...in the music business today. Unfortunately, they are not here, so let me introduce instead the band that is awaiting our arrival, the Honky Tonk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine, now known for reasons that remain obscure as not only rhythm, but, believe it or not, blues. Hiya, fellas. Hey, see you're in the groove
2: already. Nice to see you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Since you know a little bit about music yourself, you must be really anxious to hear us play our new hit, Honka, Honka, Honky Love. (laughs) Well, to be perfectly
11: honest, Honky, I haven't been this excited since I found out that uh, Pee Wee Herman was straight. But you know, Honky, I can't help notice that you, uh, I gotta say this, you remind me of somebody, uh, Bill Haley, no, that's not it. Chubby, no, it's not Chubby Checker. I know, you remind me of Elvis, that's it. Elvis Costello, or is it Abbott and Costello? I'm a little confused about you guys.
2: Well, thank you, Steve. I'm really excited because when we go out there, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be bigger than Michael Jackson, bigger than the Rolling Stones, even bigger than a Beatles reunion.
11: I can hear you, but at least as big as when Tiny Tim played the Vince Lombardi rest stop off the New Jersey Turnpike.
2: That's right, so if you'll excuse us, we've got to get to practicing now. Because we're on our way to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. (laughs) Great, I'll call ahead and warn them
11: you're coming. Back up to you, Gorilla. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> steve- <laughs> is that not great i'll call ahead i'll call them ahead and cover. warn
11: him
4: <laughs> it was tremendous man steve allen was
0: <laughs> did a great job and unfortunately now we've got dino bravo and jim duggan mm. does anybody want to participate in this at all <laughs> no <laughs> well tony i feel like you should check your email it's time for a little tony sings country all right let me, uh, let me get to my email. Hang on a second. In the tune of, uh, Waylon Jennings, mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. I present to you the Shivani version. Mamas don't let your babies grow up to Shivani.
4: I don't know the, uh, I don't know the tune to this. Really? I mean, I only know, I only know the, uh, only know the course okay. mama don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys i mean so
0: it feels like you nailed it right there okay you don't think so
4: yeah i think so do you need to but, practice a little bit or are you are you ready <clears throat> uh let me get some uh let me get some background music for it okay so let's uh let's uh oh is there gonna <laughs> be is there, is there gonna be a gun involved in this match a gun no okay. That's the difference. This dude. is not. This is not when Dino was killed, right?
0: No, but that will be coming up soon on uh, Dark Side of the Ring. It comes mm-hmm. out every Tuesday on Vice, as we mentioned. Uh, we've already got the Benoit one and the New Jack one in the can. Coming up, I think we got Brawl for All, and I know that we've got an, uh, an Owen Owen Hart episode. We got a Dino Bravo episode. Lots of good stuff coming. It's on Vice. Check your local listings. I have DirecTV, so, so I get it, but. If you can't find it on Vice, it will be on YouTube, but look for it on Vice. Support these guys. We want a season three. Here you go, Tony. Here's a sample of what this sounds like. Oh, I got it. I got it. You got it?
4: Yeah, I, somewhat I do.
0: Okay. Well, listen, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Schiavone. Oh. <sighs>
4: I ain't got it yet. <laughs> okay, you ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Shawnees ain't easy to love, and they're harder to
5: hold. They pull out enough good to shampoo a buffalo. He'll fit in clothing and Dave Silva
4: neckties and sweet DK cash for a car. Put him on your TV to say we're out of time and he'll say, okay, JR. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to Shivani.
5: Don't let half-ass things or not give a fuck with the best job you have and waste all your luck. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to Shivani. Your options will melt. Hide your old six-man belt. Whitney Wright's bed you won't tuck.
4: Shavonis like Batman and sci-fi and walk on their dog hair. Francine Medusa, Britt Baker, any chick who stores.
5: <laughs> <laughs> to them, they love him, invite him to Vegas, but they, if they do invite him, won't see him. Till his little dong no T-Mex opportunity knocks, then leaves. Mama, don't
4: let your babies grow up to Shivani. Don't let them half-ass things or
5: not give a fuck with the best job you had. You can waste all your luck. Don't let your babies grow up to
4: Shivani. Your options will melt. Hide your old six-man belt. Whitney Wright's bed, you won't tuck. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to Shivani. Don't let them have it.
0: And we fade
8: out.
0: And we fade out. Shout out to Matt Coon for uh, doing the lyrics. That'll be the last time I bother him with that. But uh, great job. Don't let your babies Shivani.
4: Okay. Now as, as normal, when I, uh, go to another browser here, I lose my time. Where are you?
0: I'm at two minutes, 10 seconds and 37, 38, 39, 40. Two, two
4: minutes, two uh, minutes, two hours, 10 minutes
0: and what? 43, 44, 45, 46. Yeah, I, got, I got to catch up with you. Why does it pause when you open another browser?
4: I don't know. I, I put, uh, I put my, um, I don't know. I got a nice computer too. I watched my WWE on, uh, Safari, and then I opened my email on, uh, on Chrome. And for some reason it it stopped Safari. I don't May know. May
0: I suggest that you start using your phone for one of those or an iPad?
4: Yeah. Well, I had my, I was playing my music on my phone. So, uh, so where are you now?
0: Two minutes, two hours, 11 minutes, 17, 18, 19, 20. I'm close. 2, 22, 23, 24. Should we just keep repeating it? Dwayne yes. so he knows he's not behind the whole yeah. time try me again give you another time again Yep. 11 33 34 35 36 37 38 39 40 21 40. we're on time there we go Jesus
4: thank you Jim Duggan hits Jim Duggan now goes back and he's got the 2 by 4 on the back 2 by 4 on the back Two by four in the back, one, two, three, and Duggan wins it. And that was the end of Dino Bravo. He would go on to be shot and killed by the mafia, uh, the day after this, I think. You know, Dino Bravo, uh, at, in the years of Jim Crockett promotions was a pretty big star at one time. He and, uh, Mr. Wrestling, Tim Woods were the world tag team champions, beat the Andersons on TV. When Tim Woods put the figure four on Ole Anderson and Oli had to give up. See, I remember when I was a fan, I remember that shit when, when I was a fan, but when I started working in the business, I couldn't,
0: it was just, I don't know. You just didn't remember it. No, I get it. Cause it's not something it's just Tuesday then. Right. Right. It's just a job. Yeah. Yeah. But the stuff that you yeah. remember
4: is the stuff when, that you, that when you were younger, that yeah. Wow, man, they are wiping old Duggan out here. Yeah. I wonder how that smelled have him sit on you like that. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know what I have to say this yeah. about the show. Yeah. Uh I know everybody remembers it for Hogan and Warrior, but it's yeah. a pretty damn entertaining show here. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to track the Jake Roberts interview? Yeah. Okay, would you stop saying yeah? Yeah. Would you say something else? Yeah. Because <laughs> as you know, Jake Roberts is being used in um, AEW right now. Yeah. That's pretty good stuff, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
4: All right, here we go again. And... Ooh. Yeah. yeah, Ugh. Ugh. I know something you got to answer to. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, where's that uh million dollar belt now? Oh yeah. Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> Cobra clutch. No million dollar dreams. Yeah. 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 Come on. Where's that belt? You got that million dollar belt. Yeah. Does Jake have it? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, one of my favorite belts. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. these two guys could work, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Yeah. Just say, just do me a favor. Yeah. Just, uh, record me saying, uh, you saying, yeah, like 50 different ways. Yeah. And just send it to me for the next podcast and I'll just play it from here.
8: Yeah. Mm.
4: (laughs) oh i love that belt man yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) mama don't let your babies grow up to be conrad yeah (laughs)
0: because you'll just say hey listen to the music here it's echoing through the arena
12: Never beat anybody for the belt either. He created it. They certainly did. You got a million bucks and you created That's not a recognized
13: title, anyways. right now
12: let's take you to Jake the Snake Roberts.
1: Track it. Jake the Snake Roberts, the match is at hand. Well, well. The million
10: dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Here we are at WrestleMania, and it's the biggest match of your career. Why? Because everything you stand for is on the line, namely the million-dollar belt. Oh, yeah. It can be yours once again. You see, all you have to do to get it back (laughs) is go through Damien and me. But you see, Damien and I, don't forget, we remember all the times you made people grovel for your money. These were people far less fortunate than you. People who could use your money for essentials. And what did you do? You made fun of them. You humbled them. And you humiliated them. Well, now it's my turn. I'm going to make you beg, DiBiase. You are going to get down on your hands and knees. This time... You'll be the one that's humbled. This time, you'll be the one that's humiliated. And this time, you will be the one that grovels for the money. And how appropriate (laughs) that the money you grovel for is your very own. A victim of your own greed, wallowing in the
1: muck of avarice. Longfellow couldn't have said it better.
0: Man, one of the absolute best promos in wrestling history. Certainly Jake's, uh, favorite promo. I, uh, had an opportunity to, uh, watch, uh, some old wrestling with Jake once. And he said, Hey man, you got the WrestleMania. This is before the network. he said, you got the WrestleMania six interview and I played it and man, he like jumped up after and clapped his hands. And he's like, God damn, that fucking gets my blood going. He may have even made a joke about it. that makes me hard. Uh, what a great promo and what a cool acoustic setting this was in the, in the sky dome, I forget who it was, but somebody, it may have been, may have been Allen on Twitter who pointed out that the acoustics here were just outstanding. Listen to Jake's mu- music, just sort of echo through too.
12: God with nothing but a snake in the bag, what yes. wouldn't you love an- Love to see DiBiase steal Damien. No, no, no. I'd like to see that too. Weighing two hundred forty-nine pounds,
0: Jake the And you hear the way the crowd echoes, but you hear the way Finkel's voice echoes. But the Million Dollar Man theme, in particular, when he's like doing the evil laugh in the middle of the song, right? It just echoes through with the ladies, yeah, like money, money, money. It's just tremendous. Uh, what a great job production-wise, and to really show you sort of the stark contrast of how far ahead the company was, you know, go watch a show from 1990, even a big show like Great American Bash 1990, where Flair would finally drop the world title to Sting, and they had a tremendous tag match underneath, one of my all-time favorites, the Wild-eyed Southern Boys and the Midnight Express. And they did a good job with that, you know. the The lighting was good, and they they dropped the big sting head filled with fireworks after he wins. But goddamn it, pales in comparison to the the scope and presentation of WrestleMania, does it not? Oh, you know, you're 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 exactly right, Jr. That's exactly right, Jr.
4: Yeah, no, no, you are right, and you really are. And another thing, I, I liked uh, Oakland saying Longfellow could not have said it better. Tremendous. Just trying to punctuate on that. Uh, a story about this match that I don't think is going to come through here. And it's a story that has nothing to do with what happened inside the ring. I had a, my assistant when I, I had an assistant producer when I was a producer of Coliseum Videos. Her name was Leisha Murphy. Uh, Leisha was a very good friend of the family. She would babysit the kids sometimes. Uh, As a matter of fact, after I moved to Atlanta, came to Atlanta to see us. The unfortunate thing is that Lisa is no longer with us. But she was my assistant, and she really loved Ted DiBiase. Was really a fan of Ted DiBiase, Million Dollar Man. So when we did a Coliseum video, this show was really about three and a half hours. But when we did a Coliseum video, we had to cut 30 minutes out of it because we had to we had to keep the main event intact Hogan and and warrior. It means we had to cut 30 minutes out somewhere else, do pull-ups. So I really pulled up this match and she and I got into this biggest argument because she thought that this match was so good. And the storyline was so good that we shouldn't cut anything out of this match. And I cut a lot of it out and she was so mad at me. I remember when I'm thinking, okay, we'll cut this out. She said, can't do that. So we got to do this. And the editor is in front of the editor and, you know, punching the buttons and everything. And, we had a Dean. She got so mad. She walked out on the edit session. Really? I don't know why. Uh, yeah. I don't know why that sticks out with me more than the match itself. Because her argument was, I said, we're going to cut it out here. She said, no, the bag, the snake bag has been moved and it doesn't look the same. And I said, Alicia, God damn it. Stop it. We got to cut this shit out. Isn't it amazing? Things you remember about my final edit session.
0: And then you, uh, loaded up the truck and.
4: Moved to Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this match and see, you know, you you would do pull ups to where you know one of the best places to do a pull up was if somebody would be thrown out of the ring. Okay, and then let's say three minutes later he was thrown out of the ring again.
0: Oh, so you just clip all that out.
4: Clip all that out and have him come back to the ring second time. Gotcha. That was the best way to do it. And then, of course, we had all the ISO reels, too, so we could always cut away to something else. Uh, and, you know, editing, pulling up matches, or what we, were, what we called back then ISOing matches, were really a lot of fun. Because you could, you know, you could be creative, and then you go back and you watch the match again and say, yeah, that worked.
8: Hmm.
4: I really enjoyed doing that, ISOing matches.
0: So, Tony, uh, while we're all sort of quarantined here, what's been your go-to food? Like, do you have one food you found yourself eating more of or less of? Has your diet changed any at all, or is it just same old, same old?
4: No, my diet's changed uh, a little bit. I still eat the hummus uh, with the pretzel chips. I still eat Power Bars. I still eat a Belvita biscuit or two for breakfast. But my go-to uh, for dinner has been... You know, like this chicken salad. Huh? <laughs> do you have a chicken salad chick in Huntsville? Unfortunately, I do. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it sucks. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's for old ladies. Well, I like it. Going, well, I go, I got talked into it once, not knowing what I was. Mom just said, "Let's go to lunch." And yeah. so I, I walk into that thing and look around and I'm like, where the fuck am I? It's like I was on the set of fucking Rosie O'Donnell show.
4: Okay. See, then the the mistake you made was you should have gone in. They have a, they have a, uh, a refrigerator right there. Open up that refrigerator with glass door and pull out some of those things to take home.
0: You're not allowed to do that here. You have to That's
4: sit. the only way you can eat it here now is to go you go in, they don't allow you to sit down in the, in the dining area now and take it home
5: with you.
0: Yeah, you can't go in. You got to sit outside. Okay.
4: Uh, but, man, do I love Olivia's Old South. Oh, I'm not going to say anything more because they're not advertising with us. But
0: but I will say good. this. When you come over to watch WrestleMania, there will not be any mm-hmm. chicken salad.
4: Okay. Uh, been doing a lot of Chick-fil-A drive-thrus as well, as people who have watched us on Patreon know. Um, yeah, that's kind of been it. Um, uh, and, um, uh, we ordered pizza last night.
0: What kind did you get, uh, we got jets pizza. You ever had jets pizza? I love jets pizza. It used to be a yeah. staple here in Huntsville. Now mm-hmm. it's gone. I first had it in Franklin, Tennessee, just outside mm-hmm. of Nashville. I, I used to get the uh, crazy eights or whatever it is. is. Eight crazy corners or
4: right. It's right, like right, a deep right, right. dish
0: with the burn ends. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff.
4: It is. I'm surprised that, uh, it left Huntsville cause plenty. Uh, then there's uh there's flipping pizza. Have you ever had a flipping pizza?
0: I have not, but talk to me about your toppings. That's what I meant. Not necessarily a brand. What's your go-to? We know you eat hobo food. So in my head, you're trying to call up and say, do you have any vaina sausages and sardine pizzas available? Extra no, anchovy? uh,
4: you'd be surprised that my favorite pizza is cheese pizza.
0: Oh God, you're Kevin McAllister, you your fucking nine-year-old.
4: That's exactly right, J.R. Uh, that's what I like. I like cheese. I like extra mozzarella. And if you want to sprinkle Parmesan or Romano on it or Pecorino, I'll, I'm for it.
0: Wait, you like Pecorino?
4: Pecorino cheese. You never heard of Pecorino
0: cheese? I don't know anything about Pecorino.
4: Pecorino is like, it's like a Romano. It's a hard cheese that you... You grate and you sprinkle on it. All righty. I thought at one time they had the Pecorino cheese bowl in, uh, in Huntsville between Sneed state and, uh, Georgia state.
0: What are the fans doing? Are they doing the wave? Well, this is probably the part you tried to edit out. You've probably never seen it.
4: Yeah, see that they're standing up. Okay.
0: Next up, we're going to get, uh, a backstage interview that I'm sure you're going to have some fun with mm. Akeem, a came mm. boss, man. Come on.
11: George
4: gray.
0: Great friend of the show.
4: And the late but great Ray, can't remember his last name. One, two, three, two, uh, one of the real good kids was Ray, boss man. Nice young man. We were, uh, we were golfing one time with big boss man.
0: Really? I didn't take him as a, as a golfer.
4: He wasn't really, but he went with us and he hit one in the woods and it was me and the boss man and Kip Fry. And I can't remember who's with us in the foursome. And he got into the woods and I was standing there beside of him. And he said, what should I do with the shot? And I said, just rear back and hit as hard as you can. Don't worry about where it goes. And when I said that everybody else in the foursome ran out of the woods like, fuck, we're going to be hitting the head with the ball. And sure enough, he reared back and hit it. And it went, it smacked off like four trees, bam, 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 bam. And rolled back out in the fairway. And he thought, man, it's the greatest thing ever.
0: Greatest thing ever.
4: He was just excited about it. He was just a a country boy who didn't golf that much. He was just excited to be out there with us. You two guys are busting their ass here.
0: Oh man, they're pulling out all the stops. They're working real, real hard. And, uh, Ted would write about this match in his book. My contest to WrestleMania six was probably one of my most enjoyable matches simply because it was a really good match and so easy to work with Jake. We didn't have to talk that much in the ring or plan things in advance. It just came together. Jake had great ring psychology in my estimation, if Jack would have kept himself clean, I believe he would be in Stanford right now, working for Vince McMahon on the creative team. Great mind for the business. Of course he grew up in the business.
4: And I'm really glad to see that Tony and Cody are using him now. I think it, it shows a lot that Jake and the personal problems that he's had, which are well-documented now can uh, get back into wrestling, you know, be it, you know, not a real big part right now, but I'm just glad they're, I'm just glad they're using him. Makes me feel good. I'm glad they're using him. Glad they're using Arn and Tully and Dean Malenko and uh, Billy Gunn, Jerry Lynn. I'm glad they're using all these guys. I think it's important. I think it's important you remember the past. And I think it's important that you realize that the guys from the past have uh, a great, uh, can lend, be a big part of the business now. Can lend their hand, lend their knowledge. So I like that. And then there's Virgil. Which they've used. Mike Jones,
0: by the way, Dwayne, we're at two hours, 30 minutes, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55.
4: Yeah, this is a good one. And the million dollar man is your winner. There it is. Count out. Not a not that a good of a finish, but still a good match. Get him. Get that belt. Love that belt, man.
0: God. And there it is. By the way, WWE still owns it. It's uh in possession of uh I said Ben Brown's possession right now. And there are, uh, three real diamonds on the back. I think it's three Ben Brown.
4: Is there a gimmicks guy or there?
0: he's the WWE archivist. I've, said ah, that. archivist. I've said that in this same show multiple times. Okay. You wanted him to weld you something to tra- take your wife upstairs. What? Yeah. A few minutes ago, you asked if, Ben oh, Brown yes, could, yes, could make yes. a chair okay. that would go upstairs for Lois. Got he's you, the WWE archivist, but I'll see if he can take up shop, maybe hit a trade school. Learn a few things about welding. <laughs> to get you get a trade chariot. school.
5: <laughs> <laughs> My name's Ben. I'm going to, I'm going to,
4: I'm going <laughs> to go to trade school for a month. Why? Just to build something for Shivani. So shut the fuck up.
0: Trade school's closed right now, by the way. I bet they are. It's probably got to just, uh, look it up online. Well, the, you can't do a trade
4: school online.
0: Yeah. You can do every school online. No,
4: a trade school. You got to have a hands-on. No, you can't you, just, you, you can't just click on a computer. Yeah, you can. No, you've got to, you got to, you got to get in front of a lathe
0: I'll let you or a know. jigsaw. I'll have, you know, Matt Coon is teaching music lessons on Skype. Well, he's, a, he's a con teach- man anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you suggesting yes. Matt Coon, who we know. Is an environmentalist because he beats off into a trash can. Are you telling me that he is a con man? Yes. Okay. I'll take it. (laughs) Just thought there'd be more to it. What do you think of, uh, (laughs) The big explosion where the money went everywhere into this big cloud. I thought that was a cool look. And you see Jake looking around the crowd and he's going to go deliver a hundred bucks to Mary Tyler Moore.
4: How about that? Take a look at that set of teeth. My Baker, have a day field day with that.
0: I love Jake's look here.
4: It was a cool motherfucker, buddy. Wait, yeah. he actually still is. You see the promo he did on the campfire recently? Of course. Yeah. Great stuff.
0: Do you ever think he would do back to back empty arena matches? No. It's a weird times, man.
4: Mm, back to back to back. As long as uh, we can still do it, we're going to see empty arena matches for quite a while. I would think. You may end up seeing some I don't know some footage. I don't know. Can I tell you something? Please do. Fuck a fucking snake.
0: Yeah, I'm with you.
4: Okay. Like I was I was uh I I decided last night I was going to watch uh the first episode of Tiger King, right?
0: Yeah, we talked about Are you do you have a stroke a few minutes ago cuz we no, 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 no.
4: I'm I'm, I'm continuing the story here. Stand by. Okay. And I thought, as, I'm, I, as I click it on, I'm thinking, you know what? Uh, I, um...
7: Drag well, it. On. Drag it. 500 pounds Akeem, former Twin Tower tag team partner of the Big Boss Man. Apparently, Slickster, the split of the Twin Towers began when the Big Boss Man refused to accept money from Ted DiBiase.
2: Money! My man! It is just what it's all about. And you know, Daddy... I'm just about the happiest man in the world right now <laughs> because a million dollar man just recaptured his million dollar bill and he's given me and my main man keen thousands of reasons in advance to act as judge, jury, and executioner on you, boss man. So let me Tell you something, brother. You're gonna be the one who does hard time. And boss
5: man, there are two things in this world that don't last very long. Number one is dogs that chase cars. And number two is law enforcement officers
7: who won't take the money.
2: Hey man, you just going to (laughs)
7: freeze. Standing by Mean Gene.
1: All right, standing with me now, ladies and gentlemen, the former corrections officer from Cobb County, Georgia, the big boss man.
3: Listen, mean Gene, as far as I'm concerned, Ted DiBiase is scum. He may be rich scum, but he's scum nonetheless. And I don't take money from scum. I don't take money from anybody. I may be poor, but I'm proud, proud to walk into the ring without some skinny, pimp-like manager at my side. Proud to walk into the ring on my own without some travel reject from Africa. Who's too fat to fit in a pot. And I'm proud to wear the badge, but most of all, I'm proud to be an American.
1: All right. There you have it. Some off the cuff remarks from the big boss man.
3: Former.
0: I got to tell you, I was into this. I was such a big boss man fan. I uh wasn't a big Akeem fan, of course now as I'm in my home studio, I've got an autographed eight by ten of Akeem that is addressed to his son. So I feel differently now. But once upon a time, man, the big boss man, he was one of my guys.
4: Yeah, I like the big boss man too, but buddy, I I just thought Akeem was so fucking cool.
0: Without question.
4: I just think see how he's I don't know. Did you call that jiving?
0: Hey, he's jive soul, bro. Let's yeah. play the audio here. It's echoing, yeah. I'm sure. Here we go.
12: There's a look at the capacity crowd here at Skydome for the once-a-year happening of
2: WrestleMania,
6: and the
12: biggies still to come. The ultimate challenge. That
0: the world is waiting for the result of that one, man. I fucking miss old wrestling themes. I don't think wrestling themes are as cool as they used to be.
4: No, they're not because you know what? They all kind of sound the same now.
0: Well, and it's because people think that, oh, that's hokey on the old stuff. That's I need something serious. I don't want anything hokey, but dude, the hokey shit was awesome. Well, Something that you can
4: identify with. Yeah. Like for instance, probably the most famous, uh, song that we have is, and it's not hokey. It's, uh, Jericho's Judas. Right. Cause everybody sings with it. They're yeah. with it.
0: Where, where are you at on that? By the way, he's supposed to be a heel, but are the whole crowd singing this theme song.
4: Yeah. Well, I'm with it in this day and age.
0: No, I'm not anti, I'm just saying there's been a little bit of a debate online about,
1: I I thought you were the heel.
0: Mm,
4: Yeah. Well, there's all, you know, there's, there's so many people out there that can book. I just think they ought to just show up to Jacksonville one day to Tony's office at the the stadium and stand in line and give us your ideas or shut the fuck up. Maybe another thing you can do. Boy,
0: you're being real hurtful.
4: Anyway. So I was going to. I, started, I clicked on a tiger King thinking that, you know, when Lois was sleeping, I'm thinking, you know, she's going to like this because everybody's talking about it and it's crazy and it's nuts. And, but when I clicked on it, the first thing they show is guys at a, uh, at a snake farm, right? That's like the first, whoa, watch out. That's like at the first scene. And then I thought there's no way she's going to watch this because if you tune in on anything with a fucking snake on it, she's gonna walk out of the fucking room. That's how much she hates snakes. Don't want to look at it. So she'll never watch Tiger King because the snakes, and they're only on there really at the beginning. And there's one other time, but who knows?
0: Your your wife is a
4: she's a weird weird gal. Ooh. Well, I'm a weird, weird guy, and that's why we get along, I guess. And that's weird. a
0: shirt available at lowestrules.com right now. And don't forget, when you buy a shirt at lowestrules.com, you get a shirt.
4: They send it to you exactly. eventually.
0: Uh, but I hate Conrad Thompson. Is the newest shirt over there? Have you seen this one? No. It says I hate Conrad Thompson. So if you think this show would be better without me, and I agree, then go to lowestrules.com and pick up the I hate Conrad Thompson shirt. We've also got Tony, Big Peck, Shivani, Waka Boom. Rarely squeezed, Orange Shivani, hog watching, rat soup eating motherfucker, Dave Silva is dead to us. First you get the chicken, then you get the dickin. Whitney protection program. I'm a weird weird guy. Tony Shivani, bebe, you a lie. Uh, I want that goop. B R B, boop and tussle, bat winging. Butch Reed was over in Florida, and so much more. Check it out. Lowestrules.com, a collection of horrible, embarrassing shirts. Now uh, that you can wear in public and no one will have any idea what it's about because none of them look like wrestling shirts.
4: I want to get the, uh, isn't there a, you might be a Twitter dumbass shirt or
0: something like that. Yes. You should also yeah. get straight out of Craigsville and wear it to uh, some of the tapings. Actually, I need to send you higher man's Warner t-shirts that you can just wear to the production
11: meetings. Really?
0: Yeah. I'm going to, I want to send you a bunch of higher Mance Warner shirts. And you just wear it to the different production meetings. Well,
4: that would work out fine. If Mance gets hired, then I'm going to need a little bit of his money.
0: Wait a minute. You motherfucker! You,
4: you understand that? Don't you
0: hang on now? Oh boy. Where's my cut.
4: I shouldn't have opened up that. I saw that coming all the way down to Chattahoochee. I shouldn't have said that
0: boy. I figure with, with interest and late fees. You owe me about three quarters of a million dollars.
4: One, two, three wins
0: it. Big Boss Man goes over, and Slick is here for the comeuppance, my friend.
4: What you gonna fucking do, Slick? What you gonna do, motherfucker? You gonna motherfucker, you know, what are you gonna do? Look at all these people out here. They want me to fucking put you motherfucking down. Boom! Waka boom! a <laughs> boom! That's when the arm goes back. It goes, oh, and goes, w- walk. Boom. And then when it connects, it goes, boom.
0: I like the way you wound it up. Boom.
4: Here's the replay again. He missed the elbow, but he didn't miss the, I don't know what they called that. I called it a sidewalk slam. I don't know what it is. Ray trailer is his name and he's the winner over
0: George gray. Do hey, have, do you have a little dashboard where you keep up with what's going on in the world? No. Can I recommend one? Yeah. N-C-O-V 2019 live.
4: N-C-O-V 2019. Is that going to put a, a, a virus on my computer?
0: No, it's going to let you keep track of the virus. It's the one I've been using for a few weeks. N-C-O-V 2019 dot L-I-V-E. You can see where okay. all the cases are, what the status is. It's been, uh, remarkable to sort of watch it grow. Keep track.
4: is oh, it's a depressing side, right? It in is indeed
0: two hours, 44 minutes, 33, 34, 35. There it is. Fucking Dwayne. Here's some kids in the
7: audience. Do You know, uh, the name of the song, I don't care what it is, but they can't do anything. Okay, that's uh, one man's opinion. Well, I happen to know it's hunka hunka hunky hunka 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 hunky love. Three hunkas in there. How about this little girl here? Uh, are you set to hear Rhythm and Blues sing? Yeah. What's the name of their song? Let's see if she knows. Hunka
8: hunka 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 love.
7: That's close enough. Now, Gorilla and Jesse have to admit I had kind of an ulterior motive coming over to the section because I didn't want to miss my chance to say hello to Mary Tyler Moore. Mary, how are you? Having a good time at WrestleMania 6?
9: Wonderful time. It's terrific. It's the best of uh, athletics and theater. I've never seen anything so exciting. Well, you heard
7: the announcement. WrestleMania 7 is going to be taking place in Los Angeles at the Coliseum. Over 100,000 people will be there. I'm sure we can count you among them.
9: We'll be one of them for sure. <laughs> okay, coming up, we're going to hear
7: Rhythm and Blues. I'm sure you have all the Honky Tonk Man's albums. Yes. Okay, and what about his new uh, performance partner, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine?
9: How about him?
7: Now, would you say, now let's uh, think about this. Now, who would you say that the Honky Tonk Man reminds you of? Elvis? Sure. Okay, how about Greg the Hammer Valentine? Elvis. You know, I was thinking of maybe a cross between Roy Orbison and Johnny Cash. Thank you very much, Mary. She may be Mary Tyler Moore, but she'll always be Mary Richards to me. Let's go to the ring. Thank you.
0: Dude. How awkward was that series of interviews? The little kid, she nailed it with hunk of hunk of hunk of love, close enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the little boy, I don't know, but they can't do anything. So matter (laughs) of fact, and then Mary Tyler Moore had no fucking clue what to say or what not to say. She even admits, hey, wrestling's fake. But she says, oh, it's a perfect combination of athleticism and theater. (laughs) And and then uh, the silliness of you know, the whole, uh, which she, he says, what about Greg, the hammer Valentine? And she has no idea who that is. So she says, how about him? <laughs> like, that's the most bullshit thing ever, by the way, who would have guessed the first hall of famer in, uh, or I guess it's the second hall of famer in this car would be the fucking driver who they're that's shooting around
4: amazing story. Isn't it?
0: <laughs> of course, this is diamond Dallas pages, pink Cadillac. Uh, dusty Rhodes knew that he had this pink Cadillac. So when it came up that they were looking for a pink Cadillac, dusty knew just the guy gives a call to Dallas. But of course, Dallas only agrees to let him loan the car or use the car if he can drive it. So here he is on WrestleMania six of all places.
4: It's amazing story. It
0: is my favorite DDP story ever is, uh, he says that Hulk Hogan saw him in the back getting dressed this day. Uh, to, to drive the limo out here. And he went over to Dallas and said, man, you're going to be a big star. We're going to main event WrestleMania together one day. Tony. Wow.
4: Repeat that story to me again.
0: No, right, please. Here, here, here come the ladies. Poodle skirts. That Look, look at how the makeup is here. They look. This looks like a Mr. Potato Head starter set. The way they've just got red circles painted on their cheeks over the top. That outfit right there, man. That's the best honky tonk man jumpsuit, is it not? It's the best one, man.
4: It's better than the rockers, huh?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this one looks like he actually spent a little money on it. He spent a lot
4: of money on it, man. Are we going to listen to them sing Hunk of Hunk of.
0: If you'd like to, what do you think of uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine's die job here? I thought it was stupid. Of course, it's horrific. Here we go.
2: Rhythm and blues is ready, so.
0: Can you imagine being Greg the hammer Valentine in that moment or honky talk, man, like they, they just wanted to die a thousand deaths right then. (laughs) This is one of those sounds like a good idea on paper deals. And then it gets out here and you're like, oh no, what have we done? That whole
4: song was a Jimmy Hart creation, you know?
0: No. And here's the thing with, with under different setting, I'm sure it could have been a funny little song, but right. You just feel bad for these guys in the middle of this ring who are not real music. I mean, the backup singers did a phenomenal job, right. but Greg Damer Valentine wanted no part of this honky tonk man reluctantly agrees. Ah, That's my fucking gimmick. I guess I got to suck it, suck it up here. Right. But Holy cow, dude. Just yeah. Was awful. Brutal. Awful.
4: But they wanted it awful, awful because I guess they wanted everybody to cheer the, uh, the bushwhackers tearing things up.
0: Next up, we're going to get the uh, the attendance number. Then we'll see Superfly snooker looking like a million bucks taking on Ravishing Rick Rude, and then our main event, baby. Mm-hmm. As we march through uh, WrestleMania Six here,
4: this <laughs> fans in Texas with warrior face paint on.
0: Yeah, doing the fucking bushwhacker the gimmick. gimmick. Pretty crazy.
4: Well, we've said this before about Luke and Butch, the uh the bushwhacker gimmick was certainly different than the sheep herder gimmick.
0: Oh, without question.
4: But the bushwhacker gimmick is the one that stood the test of time. Because that goofy dance they were doing and got the fans into it, that's genius.
0: Hey, you never know what's going to work.
4: No. What you call throwing up against the wall. See what will stick. There's the Fink. 67,678
0: folks. Yeah. Probably the biggest crowd that, uh, that we saw dusty wrestling front of, huh? Oh yeah. Without question. You know,
4: It's, uh, I look at this and I think, boy, we hope to see crowds this big again. Although I do think when all this is over with, and I don't know how long it's going to take you and you and I, we, you know, we don't know. Could be in a month, could be in a year. Don't know. But once it gets back to whatever is normal, I think it's going to be bigger than ever. Don't you? I do. I mean, I think fans are going to want to come out. They're going to be out. They want to going to want to enjoy themselves again. I think the world's going to be a different.
0: Lord, they keep showing her. Lord, she
4: yeah, turn around and <laughs> she turns away from the camera.
0: Somebody probably said, "Hey, your side boob is on the giant jumbo drawing." She yeah. said, "My what?" Turn around.
4: <laughs> so anyway, uh, I just think fans are going to want to come out and see wrestling again. And I, I feel good that in the, the, the current uh, the certain climate that we're in that, that we, AEW and the WWE are trying their best to continue to entertain the fans. And I want people to know that we are doing, we are going through steps to make sure everybody's healthy. We're not just throwing people out there willy nilly. God, they missed that shot, man. What a They got that. Look, they got man. that shot, but the shot is when he takes his robe off. That's the shot.
0: What a look, dude! One of the best physiques in the history of wrestling. Boy, oh boy, there was no no question. He had the best abs in wrestling. And Superfly is jacked to the Gills here, man.
4: Bet she's gonna kill it, don't you? Listen to
0: you. Ha! Thank you very much. From the Fiji islands. Did you ever have a conversation with him about all the murdering? He did never did. Mm. I
4: mean, the only thing Jimmy would do was smile and grab your hand, do the k handshake and go, Hey, brother, that's about all. That's about all you would just do.
0: You know, I know he's not a sympathetic figure because he murdered Nancy, but dude, oh my gosh. I just realized that right. has every lady in wrestling that's been murdered named Nancy. Hmm.
4: Well, there's been a couple of them. Is he going to be a uh, subject of
0: dark side of the ring? Not in season two, but maybe we can get him in season three. Yeah.
4: I'm, I'm sure he would have to be,
0: but either way though, I, I, I learned years ago that snooker, despite all of his fame and wealth, didn't know how to read. So even when he like went to a restaurant, if it was a menu situation, let's say you and him went to lunch. And they didn't have pictures. And so if they had pictures when the, they'd come take us or he said, "Oh, give me one of these, and he would just mm-hmm. point to it. But if it was just words, he had no idea what any of that stuff said. So you, he would wait. And so like, if you said, Hey, Jimmy, what are you going to have? He'd say, oh, I don't know. What are you having? And so you would say, I'm thinking about this or this, and then he would know those two things are on the menu and he would either pick one. Or if you said, oh, I think I'm going to get so-and-so then when you order he would either ask the waiter, what do you recommend? Or he'd say, Oh, I'll just have what Tony's having. Cause he had no idea. And wow. that to me is like, Oh man, fuck. You really want to help that guy. Cause you can't help, but wonder how embarrassing it probably was because he's this big jacked up, powerful, you know, quasi celebrity who's done very well financially, but he's embarrassed about this one thing that a lot of us take for granted that we can do that. He can't do. And, when I asked to ask for that help but it had to be quite a challenging life and then you know you learn more about him and you learn about the the whole situation with uh the alleged i guess we should say that uh murder of his girlfriend on the side of the road and you're like well fuck him but still you know people are complicated beings and the idea that this guy i mean i don't know him i don't know what his real struggle or story was but the idea that he had all of that, but couldn't read is just shocking. It's it's, it's a
4: quite, it really is quite a story. It's and the, the fact now, another fact is, is that Jimmy Snuka by the time 1990 came around, had been wrestling for quite a while. Oh yeah. Because again, as a fan, I remember the first time I saw him, I can tell you where it was, it was a matinee show in the Roanoke civic center. Jimmy Snooker had just come in and he faced Ric Flair and Flair did the job for him. Snooker did that, that, uh, jump off the top rope, you know, that, that fly through the air, yep. which no one had done at that time. At least not like that because he could really leap a long way. And he did that and pinned Flair and everybody like went, it was like a big gasp in the Roanoke civic center that afternoon. Like, fuck, I remember seeing it clear as day. I remember where I was sitting, And then he went on, uh, those couple of years he turned heel and, uh, later with Gene Anderson, but he and Paul Orndorff had to run as world tag team champions, had a program against Aaron Von Raschke and Greg Valentine. See how You remember this shit when you're a fan. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, but I remember snooker, man, he was sensational. He was so sensational. You were pissed off when he turned heel because you liked him so much.
0: He's 46 years old here in this match. Thanks. He's about to be uh 47 in a couple of months after this, I guess.
6: It's amazing
4: how the, all the stars we see here wrestling in this show now are in their sixties or seventies, right? If they're still with us.
0: Hmm.
4: I'm flies. I think that would make
0: him, uh, as we're seeing him here, he'd be the same age as like Masato Tanaka today or Steve Carino today or Abyss today. Mm -hmm. Actually, we should, uh, I think I might have this right. I think he'd be the same age as Evan courageous today. Oh, that's great. Your favorite. there it is. Rude awakening. One, two, three, but snooker typical snooker kicks out right at three, but mm-hmm. that's it. What do you think of the old airbrushing of the tights? I need to get you a pair of airbrush tights like that. We'll put Lois on your crotch. No, no, no. We'll put bug on a knee. Yeah. We'll put Lois on your ass. Cause she's always up your ass about something mm-hmm. and we'll put Whitney on the crotch. Hmm. Now nah, let's put, uh, we'll put like <clears throat> a empty red solo cup on the other knee and like a YooHoo can next to it. And then maybe below Whitney on the other leg next to bug, we could have like a diet mountain, a diet, mellow, yellow, mm-hmm. mellow, yellow, zero, and like up the legs on the back. We could just fill it with dog hair, have Lois peek out of the dog hair. We see crisscross applesauce of the Ultimate Warrior here. This is back at Royal Rumble.
4: Tony Schiavone calling the action at Royal
0: Rumble. Let's play a little audio. Let's track it. The warrior, the Hulkster, Saturday night's main event.
12: This. I, I, oh, Hogan.
8: Oh,
12: I mean, why? Oh. Why would a guy step into the ring? Hasn't Hogan seen the limelight oh, enough? You. Oh, you sure. up. oh no! Look out! The earthquake!
2: Oh, oh, down! Got a chance!
12: The Warriors thinking on this! Why should he run to the ring and save Hogan? The Ultimate Warrior! In there with Hulk Hogan! What's going on? The are wanting no part of the Warrior! Warrior crisscrossing the ring! What's he gonna do? This man is... Wait a minute! Close line! Here comes comes from behind! stop wait what's going on we may get wrestlemania before wrestlemania no the warrior's gone just like that he came down and helped the holster and now he's gone in a flash well that brings us right to where we are here today in the sky dog for the ultimate challenge let's go to our ring announcer howard paco ladies and gentlemen It's the main event of Crystal Media 6! It is scheduled for one fall, and it is final for title! Introducing first, weighing 275 pounds, the Intercontinental Champion, the Ultimate Warrior! Listen to the ovation, for the Ultimate Warrior! he's running you know i think that's a mistake he should be conserving his strength right here he's facing the challenge of his life gorilla well you may have a point there jesse however this guy's in great shape a lot of ultimate warrior fans here jess supporters is going bananas! 67,000 of them have waited for this moment, Gorilla Monsoon. It's Stephanie! And they are giving him the accolades hope he so richly deserves. Well, it's going to be interesting because it seems the crowd sidewise is about 50-50. It's a toss-up, the same as the match. Well, we'll find out in just a moment. Try to talk over this Gorilla Monsoon. Let's just listen to
0: Dude, I'm fired up. What a big hype. What a big entrance. Dude, this is a spectacle. This is a big fight feel. This is the main event.
4: I love it. It's still my favorite entrance music of all time.
0: Uh, Hulk Hogan or the ultimate or both? No,
4: no, Hulk Hogan's. I am a real American.
0: Hard debate.
4: Yeah. Got it on Spotify. It's on one of my playlists. Rick Derringer, buddy. The just silly lyrics, really, if you think about it, but the music. Da 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 da
0: Such good stuff, dude.
4: The stare down.
0: Such a waters. monumental moment in my childhood, right here. It gets no bigger.
4: Hmm. What do you think about that yellow belt?
0: I loved it. I tried to buy it for the private collector in Boston area now.
4: You, what know what I
0: re- you know what I remember is, uh, there was like some sort of plant a tree day or something on this day in 1990. Cause after the pay-per-view, we, uh, Maybe before the pay-per-view, whatever, i just sure me and my family, me and my parents and sister, we went and planted a tree on this piece of land. My dad had bought. And this was, this was the shit dude. This was the, the talk of my school the hype of me and all my friends. It was sort of like, are you a Beatles guy? Or are you an Elvis guy? Right? So we've right. been told in recent years, you got to pick it's Beatles or Elvis, or you got to pick a Seinfeld or friends and. You pick a side, you can't like both. You got to pick one. And I had always been a little Hulkamaniac, but I got to tell you, I bought into this ultimate warrior shit. It was the bright colors. It was the paint. It was the running of the ring. It was the music. It was the colored belts. I was a fan. So you were on the warrior side here as a, Governor you know, I, you know I, that's the thing. I was such a I, Hulk Hogan is the reason I was a wrestling fan, but I felt like Warrior was going to win and, but it was one of those deals where I wasn't going to be upset either way. Like the reason I went to the, uh, the house show was to see Hulk Hogan. I didn't care if the ultimate warrior was on there. I wanted to go see Hulk Hogan. And of course he wasn't there. The main event was macho King and dusty Rhodes. still had a great time, but I wanted to see Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was. I mean, me and my little sister, we used to be little dumbasses in front of the TV, doing our Hulk Hogan poses and pretending to cup our ears. And I was leg dropping that little bitch and all kinds of shit. It was awesome.
4: Are there family home movies of that?
0: Nah, we were poor man. We, we, we didn't, Damn. Have, we didn't have a camera like that.
4: That'd been some great shit, man. Wow.
0: My dad bought a piece of land and. We planted that little tree for earth day or, or Plant a tree day or whatever the shit it was that we were supposed to do in school. And it was supposed to be where we built a house one day. Of course, we never did that. We just, uh, we weren't super successful financially as a, as a family. When I was young, the deal was my, we would get the WWF pay-per-views and I have to beg, borrow and deal for that. And then a the guy that my dad worked with would get the WCW ones. And so we would record it. So we would take our VCR and record this pay-per-view and then take it to he would take it to work the next day and give it to his NWA buddy. And the same would happen for us with the NWA pay-per-views.
4: Wow. See part of your childhood stays with you forever,
0: forever. To the point that once I was doing pretty well in the mortgage game in 2013, I tried to buy both of these belts from the ultimate warrior, the world title and the intercontinental.
4: I think you told me that story. Yep. Tried to con you out of it, didn't he?
0: Yep. Said he had the yellow belt, sent me pictures, said he was going to sell it. I found out in the meantime, a guy in Boston had it when I tried to call him out on that, he, uh, he quickly shut it down, but it was weird because he wouldn't do a traditional deal. He wanted me to fly to the airport with cash And I'm like. Okay, well, I'll do it, but I'm bringing a a belt expert with me to verify that it's the real one. And then of course, so he's like, of course it's the real one. Who else would have it? And he sent me pictures. And that's when my belt hookups were like, uh, that belt's already been sold a long time ago, but still it would be one of the look at this head movement that became so many gifts over the years of warriors head bouncing up and down in front of Hulk Hogan's thermos. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I would love to have, if there's two belts I could have, it would be, you know, this winged Eagle, it's dual plated. It's got a wider cut on the leather and that yellow intercontinental, which just became iconic for him.
4: This match is so well done.
0: Pat Patterson. Shout out to our man, Pat, who helped put this one together. And it's the best match warrior ever had.
4: And one of the best Hulk Hogan's ever had. Absolutely. They just they just did it so well. I mean, just you know, they they started out slow, you know, trying to show each other that they were the strongest of the two, and now they pick up the pace here a little bit and you know soul to body slam. Now, boom. Hogan selling that one.
0: Allegedly, by the way, after this show is over, um Vince uh, jumps in a limo, uh, Hulk Hogan's in the limo and supposedly nobody said a word.
4: Whoa. Interesting. Is that telling us that Hogan was pissed? He did the job or he knew, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what does that, what does that say? Or,
0: or H- Hogan wrote in his book. All about this match. Also, he had an interesting mystique about him. He talked about the mighty wars and heaven and stuff like that. He had a pretty good rap, but when he got in the ring, after he ran in and shook the ropes and all that stuff, he had no game. He had no wrestling psychology and that's what it's all about. Creating emotion. Great guy, nice guy, but really just a flash in the pan. Vince McMahon wanted ultimate warrior to beat me for the belt. I didn't agree with him. I didn't think he was the guy that could carry the load. And then again, maybe I didn't give. Vince a choice in the matter. By that time, my mind wasn't focused on wrestling the way it should have been. Seven years of carrying the load as the main guy had taken its toll on me. I was tired and starting to get hurt a lot. I was beat up. Should have told Vince. I just needed a break. I should have said I'm hurt. Everybody else took time off. I should have looked in the mirror and said, Hey man, you're human. You can only push yourself so far. Instead. I kept going. I kept wrestling. And the more it ground me down, the more my attitude started to suck. So when Vince wanted me to hand the title to warrior, it was because he could see down the road a time when he might be, it might not be able to depend on Hulkamania and would need to switch gears. And I agreed to lose the belt to warrior, but I made sure we had a hell of a match. I just went like it was over. I kicked out of his finish. Then I pinned him and he kicked out of my finish. At the end of the night, the referee was supposed to get the belt from the timekeeper and give it to warrior. But this was my chance to steal back everything he had gotten from me. So I zipped over to the timekeeper and ripped the belt out of his hand. Then I walked up to the ring apron with the belt, looked up to God, shook my head yes, walked into the ring, and handed Ultimate Warrior the belt. As I left the arena, sixty eight thousand people in Skydome watched me go. Ultimate Warrior held the belt over his head in victory and no one cared. It turned out I was right about Ultimate Warrior. He couldn't carry load as heavyweight champion, not the way Hulk Hogan had, and Vince's attempt to move in a different direction hadn't been the success he had hoped it would be.
4: Can't argue with those last couple of sentences
0: because it didn't, did it? No, no. Allegedly they took this match so seriously that warrior flew to Hogan and Tampa to practice the match for a whole week with Pat Patterson. And they went sort of spot by spot and got it all done. And supposedly when it's all happening, Pat Patterson said that both he and Vince go out into the arena to watch the match. And when Hogan was pinned, they both looked at each other and had tears in their eyes, it was just an emotional moment to see the guy who helped build the company sort of pass the torch. And Pat also tells the story of no one being able to find warrior backstage after the match. And when he did finally find him, he was in a broom, closet, a, a broom closet alone, crying. He was just overwhelmed. but didn't want to let anybody, you know, see this, huh?
4: Oh, those are some
0: great stories, man. WrestleMania six at a $3.5 million gate here and a 3.8% buy rate. So, uh, it's not nearly what it did for WrestleMania five. You know, WrestleMania five had 767,000 buys. We've got 560 here. So it definitely a a downtick, but the trend continues. WrestleMania seven is only going to have 400,000 buys. So. The, the the best days of the WWF are behind them at this point. And, and you knew that. So you said, fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm going to go jack off RoboCop.
4: Mm. See, I was ahead of my time.
0: You were, you knew, you knew.
4: One of the things I remember, uh, another thing I remember about being there, and this is right before this match. Uh, I walk up to the gorilla position and there are a lot of people standing around and Linda McMahon's there. And I'm standing there and Linda says, you're going to miss us. You know that, don't you? I said, yeah, I, I, I know I'm going to miss you, Linda, because Linda and I really got along. And uh, she said, well, I just want you to remember that when you're down in Atlanta, how much you're going to miss us. That's one of the things I remember about being backstage that day, too. Linda talking to me.
0: Do you remember seeing Tito Santana backstage and him putting on the armbands and, and face paint? No, it was written in the torch that a subscriber hid the bathroom stall, uh, the day before WrestleMania, and he overheard Tito trying to convince Vince McMahon to just let him put on the paint and armbands and pretend to be, uh, the ultimate warrior, like a replacement warrior. What? I made all that up. It was funny. No, it was really written in the torch. You know, they used to run funny haha's and. The idea that it was the replacement warrior, Tina yeah. Santana and face paint and armbands, little Dave Silva would have been all for it.
4: The stupid part of that is, and the believable part of that story is that there had been a snitch hiding in the stall from the wrestling torch. Jesus, these guys are doing all right though, man.
0: What do you think? Would this have been a better WrestleMania? If it was Hogan Zeus in a singles match, no, do you think this would have been a better run for the company if way back when the dingo warrior went to world championship wrestling and sting went to the world wrestling federation and it's Hogan sting here instead. Yeah. Can you imagine Ric Flair and, uh. The ultimate warrior clash of the champions, one trying to go to a 45 minute time limit. <laughs> yeah. When you think
4: about the flip side, it's not too good. Is it the common denominator here is, and I know he's dead, so it's not always cool to talk about someone who's no longer with us, but the common denominator hit here is that the ultimate warrior really was the shits. Not only in the ring, but as a person as well. And that's well-documented
0: well-documented.
4: And the person I, uh, the person I talked about earlier, Alicia Murphy, right. Who was the one that was my assistant and was pissed off about me editing out that, uh, that match. She ended up being, uh, being hired by the ultimate warrior to be his personal assistant. She called me about it and I said, don't do it. He's very well known, not be a nice guy. And I think I've told this story before. She lived in uh, New Canaan, Connecticut. She packed up everything and drove her shit in a U-Haul van to Arizona to be with him. And when she got there, he fired her. After she drove all the way there, she called me and Lois crying miserably and... I think we maybe sent her money to drive back to New Canaan or something. Hmm. And it was like, I told you, Leisha. And I hated to say I told you so, but that was it.
0: You didn't hate to say I told you so.
4: I did hate to say because I like Leisha.
0: But you still said it.
4: Yeah. Leisha died, I think, in 2011. Here he comes, warrioring up. Yeah, I wonder why Vince went with him. Who
0: else would he went with?
4: Well, that's that, that is probably the answer to that question. Who else do I have? And the answer is, I. You look up and down the card. I don't know.
0: Right. So, what did you do uh, after the show was over? You know, sometimes the guys go out and celebrate, no, right, hit the bars, hit a big restaurant, have a big time. What'd you do?
4: No, I, I flew right back to Stanford because I had to edit the uh, video cassette that night.
0: You were editing it the same night.
4: Same night, yeah. We always did. Cause Coliseum video needed it out quickly. So we would edit all night the night of the show and get it done. And I think I told the story of WrestleMania five, which was my first one. Not only did I edit it all that night, I stayed in the edit suite with my tux on and my makeup on all night. Didn't even have a chance to go home. Change went right from the private. We had a private plane, uh, that landed and, uh, no, actually we, I'm sorry. WrestleMania five, we were going to take a private plane, but it, it didn't take off. So we took a limousine from, uh, Atlantic city to Stanford, me, Kevin Dunn, and, um, Dick Ebersol, And I drove, went right to the edit suite in Stanford and spent the whole night in the edit suite, putting it together. So that's how you had to get it out immediately. So, no, I didn't celebrate. I mean, I wasn't a celebratory guy anyway.
0: No, you're a weird, weird guy, as we all right, know. Right, right. you that, know, that's, after the first TV for AEW, me and you and JR did go have a few celebratory drinks with uh, Michael Dawkins.
8: Mm-hmm,
4: we did. Uh, but, again, that's because I'm a weird, weird guy. Weird, weird. Wish, wish I weren't.
0: Wish I may wish I might mm-hmm. using the power moves that got him here. Yeah. This sucks.
4: It does. Cause you don't like, a, you don't like bear hugs. But again, in the course of these two powerful big individuals, it works.
0: Who likes bear hugs?
4: You obviously don't, but who, and, who and likes them? Nobody likes them no. and not even bears. And you are probably going to see
0: (laughs) Shut it down (laughs) Not even bears
4: You are going to see You're going to see less and less of bear hugs Thanks to COVID-19 Oh, Jesus I mean, really In today's society, is what we're watching safe? No
0: No, I mean, since we've been doing this Just this show, more than 500 people have died
4: I don't believe that
0: it's the end of the world, except for podcasts. <laughs> we've got the network Antonio Schiavone, as long as he'll last.
4: Well, you know what? <clears throat> I'm sure as long as we've been doing this podcast, 500 people have died, but I bet you not all 500 are from COVID-19. Well, maybe it's fake news. No, I don't think it's fake news.
0: Nope. Fans really see they went with that. I gotta tell you, I'm not hating working from home. Might be my new thing.
4: Working from home's great, man.
0: I I might be a late adopter to this. It's gonna be a lot more people working from home. Oh, fucking referee bumps! Stupid ass. But what a bump though! Mm -hmm. Did you see him? That was like one of the best ref bumps ever. Yeah, he took a shot, man. Warrior going to the top rope here. High risk maneuver. Double axe handle. Down he goes. Gonna try the other side. Warrior off the top rope is a is a is a rare sight.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, running in place. Here we go. You know what that means. Mm-hmm. Here it
4: comes. Yeah. Going to hit him with
0: his flying shoulder. Well scouted by the Hulkster. Too smart for him. Been in these championship matches too long for that.
4: Hulk should have won. There's the out. Hulk should have won.
0: One, two, three count to a thousand. doesn't matter. By the way, I feel good that we're actually getting to watch this because the rematch you and I've already covered Halloween havoc, 1998. One of the worst piece of shit shows ever. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh,
4: one, two, two count. Fans love that false finish.
0: Interested to see how they're going to react to the actual finish
4: one, two. And he kicks out.
0: I like the Hogan's counting himself. Like, come on, man. Kind of a thousand over here. What's the hold up. I was flipping out when I was a kid here. Like he beat him. Like- he beat him. This should, that should have counted. <laughs> Big bump by the warrior. Not common for him in this era. I need one of those WrestleMania six ring skirts, Ben Brown. If you're listening, let's do a deal. I'll send you some Andre boots for this WrestleMania six ring skirt.
4: Did you think here's a fan that they were going to have a count out here after the, all those false finishes? No, absolutely not. I, I did.
0: You thought the main event would be a count out. Yep. Oh, that would have been horrific.
4: Oh, yeah, sure. It would have been, but then again. You know, I went through all the Jim Crockett promotions, screw job finishes. So
0: yeah, but that ain't how Vince does it. Vince has been very, uh, formulaic over the years. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I recently had this discussion with post Bruce and Jim. Do you think Vince would ever put a tag team match on his main event at WrestleMania? Nope. Right. JR says the same. Here we go. Big press slam. The fans know what this is. This is the beginning of the end of the Ultimate Warrior and more of a fall <laughs> and a press. Big splash. Fans know that's the end. Look at people starting to stand up. Like, that's it. They're, they're not going to be able to kick out of this. And look at the crowd. The little Hulkamaniacs are going nuts. They've seen this a thousand times, they know what's coming. No a punch and another one.
4: See, this was the great part of the match.
0: What happens about the third one? Here we go. Here comes the third one. And now he's really hulking up. Now we know what's coming. He's going to try to throw a fourth one and block. No, he let it hit. He usually blocked on then. There's the block one, two, three, end of the ropes, big boot, you know, what's coming. Leg drop three punches, big boot, and a lay oh. l- l- missed The warrior comes back with a splash and track it. Splash! What a battle. Both I don't know if you saw, but referee El Hebner tried to give warrior, both belts warrior knew the deal only kept the intercontinental puzzles with it for a minute before he throws it down. And, uh, now Hogan's going to go out and grab the world title. So that was always the plan. You can see even warrior knew and didn't grab both belts. He wants Hogan handed to him. Man, warrior with and without face paint are two totally different looking individuals, were they not? Wow, were like, are they ever? If warrior robbed you at face paint with face paint on and then wiped it off, you would never know that that was that guy. Like I've never seen a disguise that worked as well. He could have committed all the crimes he wanted in the face paint, and no one would have known. Here we go. Here comes the big moment. We're gonna track it.
12: The Hulkster's gonna do, and neither do I. Oh, look at this! Hulk presented the belt and raised the hand of the warrior! The Hulkster! It wasn't a Mike Tyson, Don King type
3: affair. The man lost it, and he's
0: gone out like a true champion, Monsoon. What an iconic shot of the Ultimate Warrior standing on the uh, turnbuckle, holding up both belts—the world title and the Intercontinental. It's a big moment in wrestling history, man. It's a great show,
4: really, top to bottom. I thought it was a great show.
0: A lot of fans really excited about what's next. And, uh, I'm excited because we've got more great stuff coming your way next week here on the show, man. I didn't think we would ever get to really talk about WrestleMania six. So I was tickled to get to talk about WrestleMania six with you because it's, as I said, you know, everything that I remember about my childhood as a wrestling fan, and next week we're going to be back at you with something a little different. We're going to go visit April 8th, 1989 world championship wrestling. We'll be back on the 15th with Spring Stampede 2000. Of course, on the 22nd, we're going to have April 24th, 1993's edition of Saturday Night. And then Backlash 06 will round out the month of April for us on the 29th. That's when God would make his pay-per-view debut against Vince McMahon. That's a real sentence. Uh, But Tony, as we see the pyro going off here and the Ultimate Warrior posing on the giant Jumbotron here in the Sky Dome, it feels like it's about that time.
4: It certainly is, Tony Schiavone, coming to you live from the Phoenix International Skyport, as they call it, not airport, where we are awaiting the arrival of Conrad Thompson with his cachet of money to uh, hand the uh, money off to Jim Helwig, who uh, says he has the yellow Intercontinental title belt. And as Conrad Thompson comes off with his very, very large, oh my gosh, take a look at that entourage. There's Dave Silva, there's Pondwater Dave, there is Matt Kuhn, uh, I believe that's Matt Coon. That may be an imposter. You never know with Matt Coon. Kind of a shady business. Chris McDonald, we understand. Oh, he has his uh, passport, so he was able to come. The entourage is coming up. They're getting ready to exchange uh, the belt for the cash. I'm standing here the microphone. Neither man wants to talk to me. Comrade has opened up the cachet of money. There it is. My God, take a look at all that money. Absolutely. There may be some Confederate money in there. We're not sure. It's from Alabama. And on the other side, Jim Helwig Pulls out of his case and he opens up and, oh no, there's the belt. But Dave Milliken is standing behind Conrad, shaking his head no. Stand by. They're in a conference. Conrad says he doesn't want the belt. The fight's breaking out. Conrad throws him down. A
5: leg drop covers him. One, two, three. The warrior just died. We're out of time. See you next week on What Happened When. We come to you on Wednesdays on Westwood One and as always on Mondays and our
0: fans on Patron, of course that's patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday.
13: We'll see you next week, right here on Patron. Yes. Hello. This is Dave Silva. How are you, my friend? I am pretty good. How about yourself? I've
0: been telling you for a long time that savewithconrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it.
13: Uh, I would love to spend some time with you talking about your experience here. with save with Conrad. Is that okay? Yeah, we can do that. I- what made you go to say with Conrad in the first place? Ads on the on the show, and knowing that uh, it's probably be a good idea for me to refinance because it's been a few years, so might as well support something that I've been getting for free for a few years. Was there something specific that Conrad said on uh, the podcast that made you kind of take that step forward? I just knew that it was about time to refinance, and you know, I just thought about supporting supporting you guys, you know, since I've been getting free entertainment all week every day i work now i see here that derek was able to help you with the refinance um how would you describe working with derek oh he was fantastic i didn't have to worry about nothing it was easy we texted back and forth but there was questions so no long drawn out phone calls but trying to get a hold of one another just if there was questions just simple texting back and forth it was quick and easy not a uh, we in the world. If there was one thing that you could say was your favorite part about working with our team, what would that be? Just how, how smooth and convenient it was to where, like I said, I didn't have to sit on the phone on hold for hours and try to make appointments to talk with somebody. It was just, just super simple, easy as can be. Off the top of your head, Edmund, would, do you remember how much you were able to save through working with us? I knocked two years off my loan, so Yeah, it's about $60,000, I guess. Now, would you you recommend us to a friend or a family member? Absolutely,
0: yeah. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to
2: savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo!